3: Greetings, constant listeners, and welcome yet again to The Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast. This week, we've once again sheathed ourselves in lace, latex, and biker's hats to review the latest episode of CBS All Access' The Stand. Last week, as I'm sure you remember, we got our first glimpse of Randall Flagg's Debaucherous new vegas and that continues this week with episode six the vigil my name is rockin randolph lagburn and baby can you dig this panel uh who is joining us from the great state of hotlanta
0: Uh, this is dan debauchery caffrey i couldn't think of a stand character (laughs) with a d so i'm just gonna keep it nasty for this i love it um we're
3: happy to have you on dan is this this isn't your first
0: First discussion. First discussion about the Stan mini series, which I'm really excited about. I've been enjoying the episode. Oh, wow. oh wow, Yeah, I've just I mean, you, you all have gotten at this already. I don't need to go too much into it. But yeah, just really loving some elements of it and then really questioning the choices <laughs> elsewhere. I mean, overall, it's really <laughs> I, I, that sounds that sort of sounds more derogatory than I mean it to. I've really been enjoying it overall and I Yeah, when we got to the end of this, I think that they provide the first six screeners. And when we got to the end of this, I was really like, oh, man, I want to see what happens next. Like, no matter what happens in every episode, I'm really excited to watch the next one. So I've really been enjoying it so far, even with some of the more extreme choices. And they are choices, which I respect that I I will say it's a very bold miniseries for both, you know, critiqued reasons and also good reasons. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm really excited to be here
3: yeah i agree with that like i will say this is i will say like for all my issues with it uh it's compulsive watching at least for me i'm always very excited to hop to the next episode and uh it's been frustrating like honestly the tough thing about getting screeners sometimes is you get them all at once and then you can't then like you know you're waiting between one episode and the next for like a month and a half instead of just a week which is frustrating so uh who else is joining us from the great state of missouri
4: I'm not even going to no. protest. This is...
0: <laughs> Randall, you said a city for my state, and you said, said the wrong state for, uh, for, for Mel. Oh,
3: it's it's all purposeful. I'm doing bits.
0: <laughs> oh, wait. Are you really? Did you not know that Randall loves bits? Come um,
4: on. I'm going to say my name now. Everyone be quiet. This is Mel. What are you sorry for? Castle. Hmm. And I'm very excited to talk about this episode. This is my second time on a stand recap. I have only been on Vegas episodes, um, yeah, which I, was gonna I think,
3: say you're a Vegas expert.
4: Yes, and I think it's that just sin. says something about about me and Dan in particular. <laughs> we only we only come in when the sin is happening, <laughs>
0: when all that hot sex in the <laughs> casino lobby. That's, I need it. We're to- like,
4: all right, I'll be on
3: a recap now. <laughs> It's true. I mean, I will say I related harder to these episodes than a lot of the other ones because the only place I enjoy sex is in the lobby of a casino. So, and then we have one more uh, guest with us, and he is joining me from the great county of Chicago, uh, nice. Mac, Cook, say Cook hello. County.
5: <laughs> this is Wolfman. Whoa, Black Betty. Mac, you're <laughs> and I got. I gotta say, I'm excited to be. Uh, talking about Vegas you know I'm actually a boulder boy so I was only on episode two and uh, I wasn't uh, you know I just gotta say I I, I don't enjoy sex so I wouldn't I wouldn't be in Vegas Um, can't wait to talk about everything in this episode but I and I I want to agree with uh, Randall and 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 probably you too Mel, and 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 definitely what Dan was saying I, I love watching this and I think that people, I think we're very critical about these. And I, from, from what I've heard from some of the other episodes, you know, we're obviously being very critical and very, very, and calling it out where we need to call it out. But there are, there are good things here in terms of rewatch value as well. And, you know, I, I am enjoying it. It's a, it's a, it's definitely an enjoyable watch. You know, I'm very, very, Curious how they're what they're gonna do, and I will say there was something that I caught the last episode. I was upset that they didn't do something, but then they did it in this episode. So it's like ah. I gotta kind of temper my expectations because of the way they are rewriting this thing a bit, you know. So I, I kind of have to stop trying to compare it to things that I. I loved from the miniseries in the book. I've got to just kind of step aside. Mm. Um, so I tried to, to try to do that with this episode. So good we'll to see. know. Yeah, don't uh, put words in my out. mouth, Mac. Uh, I think the show is bad. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know. I'm but Dan and I I have, I did I have a, a good, good time things. watching
4: it because I get to talk about it with you all, and I do think again there are glimmers of of fun images and rich dissectable moments um i think it's a bad (laughs) show but i'm happy to be here
5: (laughs) okay well mel's cashed in already here in vegas
4: i love it uh
3: yeah lots to discuss as mel noted uh so let's do that in a little section we call the road so far Welcome to the road so far, in which we discuss Abigail's romp in the woods, Tom Cullen's escape <laughs> oh, from gosh. Vegas, a vigil, go- a vigil gone boom, and a the Viggle! lonely deaths, Vigil, <laughs> the Vigil, <and> the- <laughs>
5: Mr. Vigil, will you join lon-
3: us? And the lonely deaths of Nick Andros and Bobby Terry. Oh, did I forget something? The long-awaited introduction of one trash can man. Uh, I say we begin there, because that's where the episode begins. Um, It sure
4: does, Randall.
3: So, Mel, what what did you know about this depiction of Trashcan Man when you entered into watching
4: this? I know that Mike Rothman has been vocally (laughs) upset about it for a long time. (laughs) And, um... I guess I have multiple problems with it, right? Like, again, why are we getting introduced to him now in episode six? And, yeah, like, why are they doing this strange presentation version of him? To me, an aware arsonist is going to be a more interesting arsonist than someone whose brain is entirely arsonist and, like, not able to... (laughs) connect otherwise um well do you
3: feel that that's a different depiction than we get of trashcan man in the book
4: yeah in the book isn't he just sort of like fully cognizant and yeah yeah
3: yeah, he's he's pretty he's still still
4: got fire on the mind but he uh (laughs) i would say he still does like fire
0: (laughs) (laughs) you hear more of his backstory and he he is a little bit more of a working class misfit i think in the book than a his sex dungeon, uh, <laughs> yeah, is he wear? Monster.
5: does he wear a diaper? In the uh...
4: no, it's just tidy whiteies, I think. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. I,
0: th- I thought from the trailer because they show, I, I think everyone knew from the trailer when they show um, him, the, they showed this guy in the distance pulling a chain. I don't know if that was from this episode or, yeah, or when we'll eventually get to Well, him. yeah, I think it's in the future. Uh, with oh the no, I don't they think they we've
5: seen it. that scene yet. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I'm guessing it's, it's in the um, back part of the book. But either way, we knew that was Trash Can Man, and I thought for the longest time that was going to be Marilyn Manson, just because even his getup looks like something Marilyn Manson would wear in a Marilyn Manson music video. Um, and it's funny because I, I remember wondering before we watched this, oh, is Trash Can Man just going to be extreme Trash Can Man? And boy, is he ever!
5: Um, <laughs> I, I, mean, it, I don't dial it dial it to eleven beyond. Yeah. 11, I mean, I don't. Right? <laughs>
0: I don't know if I necessarily mind us meeting him here, though, just because with Trash Can Man in the book, I mean, we do learn some of his backstory from growing up in Indiana and how he was picked on and all that. But it, I don't know. At the end of the day, I remember when we were reading the novel, Rothman, I remember, didn't like Trash Can Man as a character because he was like, oh, I feel like all he does is just this fire shit. And he's just kind of bippity bopping the whole time. And uh, so,
4: uh, Did he say he that? Bippity bopping? <laughs> <Bippity-boppity-bop. laughs> but but what, what was he
0: saying? But He says it a little bit here. He, not as much Boppity-bom. as in the book. bumpity Bumpity bump bump, 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 bump. bumpity bumping um and yeah and so i didn't necessarily mind that we met him here but i don't know it is a pretty i i actually don't know if how much i like or dislike trash command because he's interesting to watch but it is so much it's just so i I actually do think
4: i actually do think it's ableist because because the only reason that flag contacts him is because he can work with fire and loves fire and like gets him over there to, to do his bidding. There is no conceivable world in which mother Abigail would have summoned trash can man. Like <laughs> because, because of his like, dif- like what the show is portraying as this weird deficiency and like singular focus. Like, like he literally yeah, can't but- be a character for the purposes of the show. He can only be this person with an unnamed uncertain disability who's only focused on fire.
3: I like, I I think that's an interesting read, Mel. I thought, I feel like I felt similarly at the beginning because my whole question throughout all of this, I'm like, is everybody getting equal footing with Abigail and Flag? Are they all allowed to make a choice, you know? And that's sort of, because that's a question that's always haunted me with this story. And yeah, I would say with Trash Kit Man, I'm like, no way (laughs) (laughs) Whoopi Whoopi is visiting him in his dreams. (laughs) She sees that and she says, fuck it, and walks away. (laughs) So um but yeah, yeah I find it interesting and it I do feel like interestingly it's 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 pitched to the to I think the tone of Vegas as we see it because it's so absurd like in its debauchery it's such like a like an over the top version of you know I think like a teenage boy's dream or something and so it's uh so I think that almost like, the extreme quality in Ezra Miller's performance here almost feels, like, suited uh, to this version of Vegas where they you know, to quote the AV Club Review's headline, which I thought was really good, which was, uh, where nuance goes to die is Vegas. And, sure, um, consistency. And I think...
4: A plus on <laughs> consistency. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I know, and that's I, like so. In a way, I like that, but I also, when I interviewed the showrunner Benjamin Cavell, I we talked about Ezra Miller just a little bit. He didn't say much, but um, but he basically said like Ezra, that was his version of it. He showed up <laughs> that day and he said like he had this vision of how he wanted the character to be, <laughs> and so and obviously some of that's in the writing too. So I'm sure maybe they nudged him in that extreme direction, but but yeah, it is it is a bold, interesting kind of take on it, and I was prepared for it to is be a kind bold of bold. The right word. <laughs>
5: well Ezra, i think it's jerk so off
3: of brave i think audacious may be the right word i mean uh,
0: Man does get sexually aroused by fire in the book like that's not a com- yeah, that's not a complete yeah. i mean that's I, I fine don't know if
4: you-, uh, you can jerk off to fire all you want all i'm all i'm asking is to have you know a human in there also he doesn't
5: seem yeah. coherent on any level at which i i buy flag asking him to go into the desert and get the most dangerous weapon and bring it back to vegas <laughs> like I don't yeah. know it just seems Boy, like does he doesn't seem up, cognizant or aware enough to ask him to do anything and uh, maybe flag doesn't have to because it's flag and he just he knows he'll do it because he knows but well flags i don't know
4: flag's key criterion being faith and devotion regardless of anything else including like character I'm mental saying. ability <laughs> Um, sure. is, is interesting like i think that is an interesting part of flag like that he can pick out these people that will that will serve him and that's the most important thing they they can mm. be fucked up every other which way i just and don't I did, think this was
0: yeah. the right way to
4: I, choose to be fucked up i did make like him
0: as a foil to lloyd once lloyd meets him because i i feel like a it's sort of sending lloyd down this rabbit hole of realizing how bad things have gotten which is a good a good thing from the book or not how bad things have gotten, but just how messed up everything is. And I do like that kind of them both vying for flags, affections in in a weird way. I, Randall, I want to ask you something just because you did talk to the showrunner when he said, Oh uh, yeah, Ezra came to set and, and was doing his thing. Was it like when they talk about, you know, Jim Carrey on the set of the Grinch and they're like, Oh yeah, Jim was just, <laughs> makeup on was just riffing and oh he's he's a card you know is it like oh they're just giving him carte blanche to do whatever the hell he wants yeah. or was it like complimentary I, oh yeah he, he was fully formed when he- I
3: mean it was framed as complimentary but I will say Ezra Miller was a really and we've talked about this in the pod before but Ezra yeah. Miller is a pretty big get for this show i mean yeah he's a, i think that's probably why he didn't show up till episode six because they probably had him for a pretty small period of time um because this is a guy who's in the dc universe he plays the flash he's uh, he appeals to the youth
0: in a way that yeah be, that i mean
3: he's like is. he's like genuinely trendy but he i assume that they probably cast him before this came out but he also has his own scandals behind him there's a very disturbing yeah, video of him yeah. punching a woman or choking out a woman in like yeah. iceland or something it's really really Either strange. Way, it's bad and yeah and I think <laughs> yes. like if you the when you peel away the layers of of Ezra Miller and various stories that have been written about him I think that there is sort of um uh I don't know a recklessness there that might be uh, dangerous at times and so this very much strikes me as sort of the version of Trashcan Man that you know a grad school student who <laughs> like you know early 20s grad school like um wants to be extreme and edgy you know mm-hmm. version of Trashcan Man and I feel like they probably did they just let him do it because it was a big deal to get Ezra Miller, you know? And so it's, uh, they were like, it's oh,
5: going to be striking. I say, it, yeah. it was a shocking opening yes. and, <laughs> and jarring. And there was some scary elements there that haven't been there at all, like at all on the show, Yeah, but
4: like an explosion I, or like, what are you talking about?
5: Well, just like the way that they treated his visions and, and just, I don't know, just the whole, in you your like faceness the, of it, you know? Oh, I like, liked yeah.
4: the woman fucking a cockroach. That was great. <laughs> that was good. Well, yeah, that, but
5: that that stuff, I feel like we haven't seen we haven't seen a lot of that. We just see like you know, flag show up and then he turns into a wolf every once in a while, you know. It, we don't we, yeah. we haven't really seen a lot of like scary stuff. So I was like, okay, something's <laughs> off with this guy, obviously. <laughs> but
4: Yeah. I, are you guys I, I mean, I don't, don't you think it's, it's a little crazy. strange how in 2021 the show has tried its best to preserve King's outdated need to feature several disabled savant characters. Like I just yeah. I think it's a strange choice to attempt to preserve all of them and not change any of it, <laughs>
1: really. Yeah. Well, I well, think they changed
5: yeah. uh uh Colin a, a bit.
4: I mean, not like,
5: but
3: not in the sense that I think well, Mel is referring. I think Colin is
4: actually. I I love Tom Colin and the man who plays him, and I think they they're actually that's the one that they're doing good. a really good job with.
5: Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I, that 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 I actually don't mind. Uh, don't mind. I actually like his performance, and I also think just the change up from last episode, like making it his, making him like, no, I'm gonna go. They don't do the whole like, we're gonna put you under, and uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah you yeah, know, yeah. you know. I thought that that was a stronger choice, and. I did. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree, though. No, yeah. A lot of that.
0: And, and even even I don't, I don't I don't know if y'all have talked about how much about Whoopi so far. Um, but there are certain elements in the novel that I think they've scaled back on it for, you know, not making Mother Abigail quite as much of a stereotype as in the novel. Like, I, I mean, it shows they have thought about certain things and shown restraint in certain areas and then not done it in other areas, obviously. I mean, when, when Max said it was shocking and, you know, we we read and watch a lot of transgressive uh, pop culture on this podcast, so I'm not someone who clutches my pearls usually, but I remember I think I was texting with Randall, and you were like, oh, yeah, just wait for <laughs> episode six and how it opens, and and I, did, I had no idea how episode six was going to start. And then when he started jerking off to the fire, n- not that that – you know, I've seen dudes jerk off on screen before, not that that in itself is shocking, I but I did Say have in my that. head – in in my head, I get I did go. Oh my! Like, like just, like just, I'm like, well, wow, they're going there right off the bat. All right, and so what? Well, yeah, it was a very yeah. jolting kind of opening. Um, well,
3: I'll say this, Mel, in response to what you were saying, it's like the my first read of. I've watched this episode three times. Um, my first read of I know <laughs> when you're making content, Lord, Lord, love uh, you, Randall. <laughs> And so I think my first read, I was like, I read him as disabled and I sort of uh, and I asked I was and I said to like my wife, I was just like, I can't believe this show is like taking a character that, you know, was deranged and sort of pushing them into actual areas of disability um, as, after what they've already done with Vegas and everything else. And then uh, but the more I watch the episode and I'm almost just playing devil's advocate here a little bit, I do feel like Trash Can Man is is. At least more, maybe more in control of his faculties than uh, than maybe being portrayed, and I think part of it had to do with. And I'll probably talk about this more when we talk about the character, but the the simple scene where he walks across the Vegas uh, kind of floor as everybody's fucking around him with Lloyd, and what I like about it is that he's antagonizing Lloyd. Uh, In those moments, because you could read it a couple different ways, but the way I'm reading it is he's antagonizing him and he's sort of like uh, taking a perverse joy rather than being just pure mad. And so like the scene when Lloyd is saying basically like. Oh, you enjoying this? And then, uh, you know, he yells back at him. He's like, you enjoy this? You know? And then later, like, you see him kind of smack a tray of glasses out of a waitress's hand. And he says, like, thank you or something like that. And it's, like, a very purposeful, like, he's very aware of what he's doing. He's not just doing that because he's crazy. He's doing that because he is kind of a monster in his own way. Like, he's an asshole. And so I read, like, more shades in that character a little bit during those moments where there is something maybe more evil about this version of that character. Like there is something rotten at his heart. Whereas, uh, I think the one in the book, uh, is a little bit more tragic in that he was sort of formed by a lot of really traumatic circumstances. This version of trash can man feel to me more like somebody whose own selfishness and indulgences maybe, uh, you know, led him down this path to where he's, uh, devolved into a kind of fire-ridden madness but there is enough of um of like a, an awareness there Usually so you and I, I are any... on, the,
4: on the flip side of this argument where I'm dredging up from the Mariana's Trench like bits of analysis to justify an argument but I just <laughs> I just don't buy it I think he says are you enjoying this because he's mimicking Lloyd and it's all he knows how to do and I think him sure. slapping a glass off of a tray is like mostly his He's been shown to walk in a strange way that seems related to oh. whatever they're trying to portray mentally. or physically.
0: about this is, and this this is, I think a it comes from them starting so late in trash can Man's story is maybe Randall, you know, because you're re- rereading the book right now, early on in the novel doesn't, when he blows up the cheery oil tank, doesn't he get thrown into the road and that's what messes his hand up and his he leg gets up. Burned. To?
3: He gets burned extremely bad. Like, uh, but does it the, doesn't his, he like break
0: his arm though too? I th- he doesn't I think?
3: break it. It gets uh, like basically his right arm becomes so uh, destroyed by heat, like it burns so badly that it basically becomes non-functional.
1: Like a claw. Yeah, it's yeah. Like and,
0: a claw. I, and I'm not. I'm not saying that to excuse anything, but I I do wonder too if maybe some more context here regardless of how one feels about trash can man what i mean i don't know like i said i don't
5: necessarily miss well, the plot details of does he trash say can
4: in man the because- elevator does he say you're gonna die sorry is that what he yeah. says to lloyd okay. yeah pretty
5: sure so i was like oh Not maybe wrong. he's cognizant maybe he's like flag maybe he yeah, knows Yeah, he's also
4: a psychic savant like i am sick of <laughs> <It's>
3: like- <laughs> yeah i wish we just saw like more of the specificity of the savantness like basically what it is that flag wants from him because uh, dan you pointed this out to me and i noticed it when i was rereading these things or or you brought this up on a recent episode um maybe it was back during our stand revisitation Mm. but the general idea that uh trashcan man's sort of specialty is that he can sniff out this shit like he can sniff out fire powder and, and, or gunpowder and things like that and explosives, like, he has this, like, he's like a dog with those things. And that, to me, is, like, really interesting and fun. And I wish that they just played that up a little bit more rather that than, That shit like, is so
4: interesting because it means that both sides are literally building a heist team. Like, yeah. people yeah. Have, to ha- have to gather their mutants in order to mm-hmm. do the specific tasks. <laughs> right. And, like, it makes more sense with Mother Abigail choosing these five people. And, like, one of them's good at this and one of them's good at this. But mm-hmm. the show doesn't have time to commit... To that sort of yeah. angle,
0: yeah, and I get like why. I, yeah. I, if you're gonna cut down, I mean, they've cut down on a lot of characters' journeys, right? Which I understand. I mean, I I, I get that it, it's not following the same format as the ABC mini series, but I think I get why they scrapped so much of Trashcan's story. Because in the book, if you take away the kid, which thank God they did, <laughs> if you take away the kid, he outside of that first explosion, he doesn't have much happen to him plot wise, right? It's it's literally him just walking first Mm -hmm. through the Midwest and then through Vegas and setting fires until he gets the flag at the the very end. And so I understand if you're the screenwriter going, okay, we need to condense something. You know what? Nothing really happens to trash before Vegas. Let's just start him right when he gets to Vegas. But there's a difference between what you sacrifice in plot and what you sacrifice in character. Right. And trash can, man, I think more so than a lot of the other characters who have more external world and external plot details happening to them on their way to either the Boulder free zone or uh, sin city with him it's all more of an internal journey and so i think we maybe but yeah how do you make that dramatically compelling on screen right. also and if, and if you have ezra miller going hog wild that <laughs> becomes a little... and with yeah. the fantasies
4: that we get the visions that we get i think it is understood at the outset like there is no redemption <laughs> lined up for this no, person yeah. like right and just... i will say
3: in the book in the book he dreams of mother abigail but he doesn't like her like he's the one who shies away from her like he feels a he repulsion. Like afraid
0: of her yeah, he's yeah like he dreams of about her. her i think does he dream about her when he passes by Nebraska, yep. right? Yeah. When
3: he's in Nebraska is when he dreams about her, which I thought was, I was like, those were the things I was really taking note of because it's like, you know, there is some reach on that. I'm like the mother Abigail part to him and he mm-hmm. is just so not into it and so like i'm just really drawn by those questions but here it's very much just kind of like you know she wants nothing to do with him but uh we can yeah, talk more it. about ezra i think um in our mars and scar section so why yeah. don't we basically what we get with him story-wise is we see him you know kind of doing his thing blowing up oil <laughs> tankers that's his thing Jacking and it. uh yeah and, then <laughs> blowing yanking up it. Other and things. he has yeah, a vision of yeah. flag where you know you kind of you get a couple different visions where you see Kind of the nods to the book in that you know people who play with fire wet the bed, burning up old lady Semple's pension check, all the classic lines, and then um we also kind of see this deranged like bug fucking that's going on um, that. in his mind when he touches when he touches Flag, who's all in in a black cloak, which is a neat neat thing, and um and then he basically shows up in Vegas uh, and ba- and Flag tells him straight up, he's like, I want you to find the A bomb, <laughs> like I want you to find the biggest fucking thing, and uh, and and you know. Um, Ezra Miller's trash command is basically you know very much just like I worship you my life for you and all that and uh and is do- very much doing kind of a very like he's clearly a Savani, helps him with the fireplace and everything but
4: then uh yeah there's very which involves much twisting this... one knob and I know, <laughs> being I like fire needs <laughs> oxygen okay the, the
5: flag's not very intelligent he probably didn't know how to do it
3: <laughs> so um yeah so we basically just kind of set up that trash is going out into the desert uh, to find, you know, the big bombs. The A-bomb. Lloyd, uh, the A-bomb. Uh, and Lloyd is, is a little bit, you know, Flag calls him jealous, but Lloyd is basically just like, I can do anything that he can do, which, again, makes me wish that, and I'm sure you guys talked about this a bit last week, but um, the idea that Lloyd is treated as this celebrity in Vegas, but we don't like I don't know with Miguel Ferrer in the '94 mini series, I always got the idea. I'm like, okay, that guy knows how to lead. Uh, I don't get right. that sense from this version of Lloyd, even though I do like this version of Lloyd. But when people are like, "Oh my God, you're Lloyd Henry, you got this place off the ground," it's like, show me how. Like, how did he do
4: that? <laughs> show, show Agreed. him managing yeah. somebody.
5: You know. <laughs> I agree.
4: I think it's yeah. I think it's interesting, or like, I mean, maybe they're trying to say something about the. Inherent value of being first, or just the fact that celebrity mm. is more about image than about ability, and yeah, I also that's like true Joe's point from the last episode that it's actually probably Julie who's holding the reins, and ah, yeah, we do get when flags like is that airfield going to be ready, and Lloyd's like, yeah, sure. This episode, like, <laughs> I think we get the idea that he's a pretty incompetent manager. Like, yeah. whatever he is in charge of, he's not doing a great job with. He's failing upwards. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and I think we see some of that, too, what you're saying, Mel, when uh, basically he says that we've got people on the judge, uh, you know, um, looking after her. uh, And he mentions, my bordermen are not what you would call surgical. (laughs) They are a bit trigger happy. So I think there is the sense that he's not even finding the right people for reconnaissance jobs. He's finding these uh, bad boy bikers, shit kickers who uh, kind of want to. You know, are pulling the trigger before they're really thinking about things, and yeah. So basically, we kind of get the whole saga of Bobby Terry in this episode too, uh, which is a fun part of the book and was played by Sam Raimi in the '94 miniseries and kind of a fun little role. But essentially, yeah. the story here and w- the thing is, we we actually don't even see the encounter between Bobby Terry and the judge. We which just I find hate. out, which is awful. We see her
4: waste. earlier, kind of devoting herself to going out into the world finally, and then. We just see why her in the body even,
5: bag why even, why even introduce that character if you barely have her when you introduce her and then don't actually do anything with the character. Yeah. That could have been anybody. Because yeah. they're banking on they they're banking on recognition
4: the, from fans. That's like what they want to
5: reap I And I, the I love that they
4: included of. the
0: uh motel scene with the flag and seeing the bird. That was great. And that led me to believe that and once again, it doesn't have to follow everything from the book, but when you show that, when you show the prelude to right. you know, this gunfight you think you're going to see it i actually thought that i had fallen asleep or something and missed it when they went to the mm. bobby terry scene i'm like oh i must yeah. have missed where they they gunned down the judge and i mean it's just a great scene in, in both the the book um the miniseries, and abc it's a little it's a little uh, low budget but um, <laughs> it is, but it, it's we and it's it's also not weird just because we don't get that much of the judge it's weird for bobby terry's character too because in that mm. scene in the book normally we see him freak out about what flag's going to do to him and we we see him go through this whole saga of playing tough then realizing his mistake then trying to steal himself again whereas here this guy shows up and they make a pretty big deal about it but you're like wait who is he and because I, I don't we have we right. seen Bobby we've terry? never no, seen we bob no. terry up
5: until this point so that's another thing where it's like you don't you didn't need to have a spend an episode on him but at least show him in vegas in like earlier episodes so that we care oh i actually think this is is the one instance
4: where it works to just introduce an asshole and use him as a tool to demonstrate flags attitude and power sorry my cat is jumping all over the place um i'm
3: with you i'm i actually agree with you mel uh i think it works but i will say i think the reason that they couldn't show um, Bobby Terry as a, you know, henchman earlier in the series is because they went and got a big actor for it. And so it's Clifton right. Collins Jr. Who's in a lot of stuff. Great actor. And What's but some I think of the you stuff? Cause I
4: did recognize uh, him, but I didn't know from uh, where.
3: Well, I know him primarily from The Shield, which he was on, and then, right. um, but he's been in a million movies. Like he's in a lot of action movies and stuff, right? Big character
5: actor, like, yeah. He's been in a bunch of things. They, yeah, they, they could just show him fucking on the
0: showroom floor in Vegas, and uh, just, just show, like, like <laughs> that's all you need. Like, it's all I need. Lloyd just walks to see by, my, you know, two dudes having sex, and been... one of them just <laughs> waves. He's like, "Oh, hey, Bobby, <laughs> just, just show him doing that." Oh, could, uh, Bobby.
3: <laughs> Clifton Collins' big role, I think, is in Capote with Phil Smurhoff, and he's, like, the killer. Um okay. oh, like, the oh, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, great actor, but um, but I do agree, I, I actually quite like his intro, I, um, and I, the thing was, even though I knew going into it that the kid was not part of the story, because they had said that in pre-release interviews, uh, when he walked up and Black Betty started playing, and you get this, like, tough guy kind of, like, emerging, but with when you play Black Betty against it, there's something a little silly, like, so I thought the character was going to be a little... Yeah, and he's small, which I think
5: helps. And,
0: uh, and I also just that, think of Eastbound Down with Black Betty, too, because Eastbound and yeah, Down exactly. really well, I was just about to say, say
5: other than, than that, I've, I've never there. heard that used in a film or a television show before. So it was really cool to have that featured in the <laughs> <this episode. laughs>
3: God damn it, Max! Oh, these um, song choices—it's a real Kill deep me. cut of a needle drop. I <laughs> want to talk. We'll talk more about the Kill needle me. drops later because I think there's a few things to say. But it's—but yeah, I—I I, I thought it was funny, so I thought it was the kid because I thought there was going to be something goofier about this. Like that—that that was my first thought, and I think I yelled to, to Jen, my wife. I was like, I was like, oh my god, the kid's actually in this, and and then but then they said Bobby Terry. I was like, ah, okay. So, but the thing is, I agree <laughs> with Mel in the sense that I like. I I I think this is a good scene. Like uh, I think it's yeah. one of the better scenes we've gotten with Flag so far. Is essentially the scene where Bobby Terry basically tries to say like I don't work for you, dude. Like yeah, I fucked up. I'm sorry. Whatever. But I don't work for you, and I don't bow to you. And Flag basically asserting power by any means necessary. And uh, and you know I think it's a little bit silly the killing within the elevator. But I do. And there's too much slow motion in that scene. But I will say that. Uh, Kind of that whole sequence to me was overall a net positive. That, that was
4: my favorite scene of the entire show so far. I, like I'm i in not? love. Oh, wow. I'm in love. It felt like finally my Randall flag was present on screen. Like <laughs> I, I had like, not been yeah. a fan of, of scars in the flag role until, until this point when he finally yells and he goes, yeah. Yes. Screwed the Bobby, up, Terry. Bobby Terry. Yeah,
5: Screwed it up. I <laughs> actually like that because I felt very King.
4: Yeah, it did. Totally. And then when he's going down the hallway and his button changes to like a more nefarious grin. And then I I loved when he's in the elevator, we get the, he looks down and he's just crouching like a dog (laughs) in the elevator with him. And the fact that he's eating him, he's like eviscerated him with his mouth is, Mm -hmm. is a great way to portray, I think, both the power but also the uncontrollable animalism of flag which is the sort of like mm. loss of control that we that we keep hinting at and wanting to see like yes this guy yeah. is scary but he's also kind of like a little bit out of his gourd in a way that is mm-hmm. not powerful in a way that that bespeaks an underlying lack of control and that is also scary yeah
3: yeah i like that read on it and i think it i think it definitely you know i i think that it's definitely my favorite uh, version of Flag that we've had so far. Uh, because, yeah, there is a moment where he is kind of genuinely scary here. and But it also balances, I think, the... I don't know. I don't want to say goofiness, but maybe just kind of like the... That there's something fun about all of this. horror. It's like baked into this, specifically in the d- in the delivery of Bobby Terry. You screwed it up, which is exactly how it is in the book. It's all in caps, mm. and then the way he bellows. Is it, it really? It's yeah, yeah, oh, and it's how it. I've always it's how I've always like visioned it. And that delivery to me is the is maybe the um the more theatrical version of Randall Flag that I wish we were seeing um you know more of throughout. When you this, keep
4: saying so. is it you or Michael keeps saying you want more menace from Flag, and I felt like this was finally where we got Mm
3: -hmm.
4: come up and Jen's been saying the menace finally delivered
3: yeah yeah it's nice to see that and so um six episodes in y'all I know I know (laughs) well yeah and uh uh yeah so and then yeah I, I do agree with you all that the killing of the judge I wish I it's just sad that we couldn't get just one scene like just show that basic scene where or at least hint towards the idea I think what they were trying to do was Because Bobby Terry, like, lies and says that she took shots at them first, or at least you get the vibe that he's lying. I think maybe they're trying to sort of, for the audience, we're trying to sustain whether or not that was true, and maybe that's why they didn't show the murder, but to me it's, like, important in it. I know, but it's just like, it's like you have three spies, right? Like, this is a big deal. And like something that people are interested in, you're sending spies. So they all have very different experiences in New Vegas. Like, why are you just going to completely rob us of the arc of one of the spies?
0: Like, Plus it just if seems you, like if it's a to total demonst-
4: If it's to show the futility of the mission, because we already know about her, etc. What better yeah. way to drive home the futility of the mission than to give us a little bit of build up of her preparing to go out and then immediately... of getting apprehended and killed
0: i was gonna say you can even even just something simple of her driving down the road and then she sees it blocked off by two trucks right and then we Hmm. go to this next scene just something a little bit more because i i think anti-climax can be used really well on a lot of different things um and but it doesn't feel like anti-climax here it almost just feels like a weird red herring that's not a red herring you know like it it, it was almost confusing when i watched it and i think that, that that's why i thought i fell asleep it was almost confusing when they start talking about the judge and I kept thought thinking we were going to admit, I mean, the show does play with time in a nonlinear way. Maybe they would show it next episode, but that Maybe would be a little open. I don't know why you would do for that
5: no reason. Yeah. Yeah. I also think the spy, I want someone to say the spy thing in this version is so weird and not very effective because none of them have seen anything to go <laughs> back and tell the, you know, uh, you got Cullen working in like the basement, like disposing of bodies. He's been—he's told to run before he's even able to see anything to go back and tell them about. There's no like—I saw the bombs. I can go back and tell them. And granted, obviously we know what happens, but like, I don't know. I just thought that was all kind of like a waste. I was like, well, yeah. why are we focusing on this then? If you're not going to have them actually actively see something that's worth going back and telling them about. Yeah. Maybe, I oh, this gladiator is fights, <laughs> like, yeah.
0: Death matches, I, guess.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that too, Mac, because in the book, yeah, he does. His whole thing is that he sees what's being prepared at Indian Springs. Yeah. Like he sees what's happening at the airfield. And that is, you know, obviously something you want to go and tell people about. Right. So um, speaking of Tom Cullen, that's a good segue. Uh, that was sort of, I think the last Vegas storyline in this episode is we essentially get Tom Cullen, who was given a note by Dana Jurgens last, episode that said run unfortunately he can't read so when we first visit him here he's doing body cleanup uh which is just so silly like this the i can't get over it. like that's my i think my least favorite part of vegas even more so than just the like the idea that <laughs> fucking is bad is um is just this gladiator pit it's so st- well, also too,
0: if wait, which person, what percentage of the world population is left? Like what 0. 0.04 or something ridiculous? Yeah, something if like you're that. If your flag yeah. or if you're any any group of people and you're trying to build up your ranks and there's so few people left to begin with, and then cleave no, that no, no, path damn. that's I such a good the, point. I, I think... never even thought about yeah, that. Like, why would you <laughs> think you're really killing your soldiers no, 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 no.
5: I think the people <laughs> I think the people in the pit aren't aren't flags people. I think he's putting bolder people up against each other. People they've captured. Oh, well really? yeah, they're I is he? I get the idea, but, though, they, it doesn't it was, quite you know, make sense. It doesn't quite make sense. That well, they mention slaves them, a lot. Yeah, they, uh, they, There's this idea slaves, that they have yeah.
3: slaves, but we haven't seen them unless they are the people they make fight in the Coliseum, yeah, which hasn't been... They're only been. brave
4: enough to say the word, but they can't, <laughs> they can't actually put them in the
3: Yeah, uh,
2: so, like, uh, I yeah, feel yeah, like we, we
3: don't have kind of an explanation for for who it is in the pit, but yeah, it could be slaves. I I guess But it is so many people. Like, there's body parts everywhere.
0: What if what well, if did, the next episode noticed... is just devoted to it's like a gladiator type story? Just it's about a bottle a episode
4: that follows. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's um I, it's I, heck I, it's I, Heck Drogan and Whitney <laughs> Dorgan or whatever this yeah, is. Like, I did want to say though that
5: the bodies the bodies that he buries himself in in the on the truck, that mm-hmm. seemed like a lot of dead people. So maybe they're finally and it kind of makes sense that they'd be waiting this long, finally getting around to cleaning out the hotels. And so maybe a lot of those bodies. They didn't look too
3: rotted to me. Yeah, they also weren't fresh dead people. They were
4: like, yeah. Well,
5: you know how they keep pumping oxygen into those hotels, and you know. (laughs)
4: Anyway, Tom Collins gets into the truck under a lot of bodies. (laughs) Yeah. So essentially, that's the story
3: there. Um, But we do get a fun scene. We can talk about it more in Mars and Scars with uh, the Rat Woman. This is our kind of first real engagement with her. She is the one who basically tells him what "run" means and makes fun of him, and then, um, and then basically. Flag, who has seen this vision of the moon in regards to the third spy, but doesn't know who it is, when, and then it's like such an unrealistic bit of dialogue when, uh, Ratwoman's like, oh, to clean up Bobby Terry's body, like, get the big guy, the, the dim one, you know, (laughs) M-O-O-N. She's like,
4: he's the the best janitor I've ever (laughs) seen.
3: Which was really funny, I laughed at that too. But Flag hears that and essentially like, oh, that's who the spy is. But by this point, Tom has taken Dana's uh, advice and has snuck out of vegas uh inside a pile of dead bodies which i actually think is a pretty neat uh sequence and pretty morbid and i think something king would have done as well had he thought of it so um yeah Yeah, so let's i I, uh, go ahead i
0: I do like him a lot as tom cullen and and i do like that read he's like a football player or something right uh brad uh Uh, i'm not sure i've i've seen him in a million things but i'm not sure if he's a football player i
5: know the man who portrayed him in the the original miniseries was well figure
0: back (laughs) <laughs> yeah, for, love him. Who, who's also in uh ken park by larry clark so oh uh, yeah
3: great <laughs> anyone, movie yeah
0: if anyone wants to see both and a us, filthy too.
3: movie yeah very uh so let's pivot over to boulder where uh, mother abigail has gone missing she has gone off on her own she's left a note that says please don't follow me uh let me do my thing so nick it says Ambrose, let, me <laughs> let me do my thing with god please. in the woods uh, Nick Andros. so basically he has chosen not to search for her for that reason, and Ray Brentner is furious because they've all been leading these crews to go and try and find her in the woods. They're having no luck. Um, and so yeah, let's, we do get some scenes with Mother Abigail in the woods, uh, with Randall Flagg, or at least a vision of him. Um, and yeah, let's talk about these a little bit. Uh, essentially, mm-hmm. this stuff isn't, is sort of in the book, but not as, it's not as explicit, like they're very much just trying to, um you know, depict um, Jesus's trip into the woods where he was tempted by Satan and, you know, overcame it. And essentially oh, they're man. trying to have this scene between these with Mother Abigail kind of in the Christ role, kind of uh, discovering herself and having this standoff with Flag. But what did you guys take from the scene?
4: I was glad. I was like, finally, they're going to give her an opportunity to like say how she feels about something without any of her disciples present
5: mm-hmm. and <laughs> True.
4: they really still botched it like dan i don't agree that they that this is any less stereotypical than a king portrayal like i guess maybe it has less opportunity to trip over itself because there's just less space but they just like have not done anything with her that isn't stereotypical and it it just continued here like I feel like they think every time she says the same word more than once that automatically makes it poignant so when mm-hmm. she's like when they look at you and see nothing they're gonna realize you're nothing and we're supposed <laughs> to be like oh bitch yeah, sure. I, I mean it. that
5: was a sick burn that was a sick burn and I agree with you Mel I I, I feel like there's so much talk about not like deifying this character and all this stuff and just having her not really be in it a lot doesn't count as take that away. Like if anything, you have her literally going off doing the 40 days, 40 dice thing that he even mentions in the episode. Like, how are we not yeah. making this character like this, this magical character? Like it's, 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 it's it, it is silly. I, I, I liked some of it just because it's the first time, like you said, we, we actually get to really see that mother Abigail be mother Abigail for more than like a minute talking to someone. But like, I don't know, it just didn't just hasn't been working for me. And every time they say
4: she's so old and then we see Whoopi Goldberg's face, I'm like
5: this I don't buy it.
4: Yeah, always like, she's so ancient, she can't possibly survive. She's skin and bones. She's the oldest woman ever. And then she's, like, looking pretty (laughs) hale and hearty in the woods.
3: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think my most charitable read of this scene is that there's sort of a self-awareness about, you know, because the Bible obviously exists in this world and they've read it. And so when Abigail, you know, is out in the woods and he visits her and he's, you know, tempting her, I think that there, you know... the most charitable read, I think, points towards the idea that uh, Flagg is sort of making fun of her in this way. And when he says, my name is Legion, for we are many, obviously one of the most famous lines of the Bible said by, um uh, you know, oh, God, what was it? Like the pigs that the pigs that flew off the, the thing yeah. in the Bible. Yeah, it's like, you know, my name is Legion, for we are many, which is essentially like many demons gathered within once. Does with he one say being. that in the book? Uh, no, not at all. I thought that, if that he was does, such an
4: interesting addition. It was like, oh shit, like, we are actually oh, getting biblical here.
3: I'll say this. There is a line in the book that is also in the 94 miniseries, I believe, where, um, where Tom Cullen, when he's under hypnosis, calls, uh, Randall Flag Legion, and, hmm. a, and, you know, and, um... And uh, does point towards that because I remember being very struck by that when I was young because I read this like, book before. But this is like from the horse's yeah. mouth.
4: Like I feel like Tom Cullen, you could justify that as an interpretation that Tom Cullen has. Oh, or sure, yeah. But here well, it's that's... like Flag is owning this title that is that is explicitly biblical.
3: Well, that to me, that was the question for me was was he owning it or is he joking? Because mm-hmm. yeah. I think that yeah. in this world there is this, you know, they he knows sort of what role he's been painted as by these people. She says, she says, get get the behind me Satan. Mm-hmm. And he says, that's not my name, you know? And so I think that he might, this is my, ch- again, charitable reading, because I don't think that I'm not, I can't say for certain that that was their approach. But I do think that Alexander Skarsgård was playing it a little coy, because he does deliver that line with a bit of a smirk. And so I wrote, like, I'm like, is he smirking because he's, you know, basically confirming the, you know, the Jesus cinematic universe? <laughs> or is he uh, <laughs> yeah. or is he that's sort of we call smirking. the Bible these days. <laughs> yeah and so or is he smirking at you know the story the idea that he's been painted as a demon because and i've said this from the beginning i think the what enjoyment i find in a scene like this is perhaps not something that they were toying with but the question for randall Flagg to me that's so fun is it's like you know they call him an apostate of satan i believe in the 94 miniseries but i don't believe that's in the book and uh so i i always think that randall Flagg sort of exists outside this idea of christianity obviously because there's many worlds and he navigates all of them so they all have mm. their own saviors and mm-hmm religions and I think he sort of you know maybe pivots and bounces out of each of them but I do like to I don't like to consider Randall Flagg a demon in the Christian sense I like to think about him as sort of a trickster god yeah that
4: ambiguity that you're mentioning is pleasurable like we don't need to know the answer but the idea that he could be toying or he could be honest Mm -hmm. is interesting and the other the one other interesting thing the the bit that they I'm glad they included is that what he tempts her with is death like what she really wants Mm -hmm. is just to be calm and peaceful and not bothered and rest. And he does know that about her. And that's like very real. And I wish they had spent more time just being like, yeah, you're like, you're so put upon. This is so hard. It makes sense Mm -hmm. that you would want to just kind of leave everyone behind and die. Yeah.
3: And that gives it maybe more activation than actually toying with the concept of pride. Uh, Because her big thing in the book is that she has basically, you know, taken pleasure in the idea that she's been deified in the eyes of all these people and has suffered from the sin of pride. And that's not something that they're engaging with at all in this series. I think so far, do you, do you agree with that, Dan Mac?
0: Yeah, I don't, I mean, and I want to clarify too. When I say that making her less stereotypical and yeah, I guess she is kind of magical or whatever, if we're talking about the magical Negro stereotype, but from interviews with Whoopi Goldberg and the showrunner and the screenwriters I do think they made a conscious effort to scale back on just her vernacular in the book. right? Oh, like sure. she, she doesn't like, she doesn't talk as much about uh, just, I mean, let's be realistic. Like having that, that down home kind of, mm-hmm. you know, the thing, that, the way John coffee right. talks in the green mile too, like there's not as much of that, I, but, but to all your point, all of your points, which I agree with, they they scaled back on all the on the kind of God talk and and the sort of religion absolutism early on, which has led me to believe, oh, maybe they are going to get at some complex questions about religion. Like maybe they're going to toy with the fact that, mm-hmm. oh, maybe she's not, not actually related to God. Maybe Flag, although he's cl- clearly supernatural, maybe he's not actually related to Satan or the devil or whatever you want to say. And I feel like they've been flirting with that the whole time. And although I kind of like this scene aesthetically. I feel like this scene just continues to flirt with it a little bit, right? Like we get some nice world building with where, when we find about flags past and, you know, that mother Abigail wants to die whenever else, but it's still, it's still just, it's not really coming down either way on it, on, on the idea that, Oh, these people are, yep. this is more about the people's faith than her actually being some divine being. It's still like going in that middle ground. And I mean, once again, there's still three episodes. I would really be interested to see if the show just has a more nuanced argument about where she comes from and what she's doing, but I don't know. Do you, I don't think they're going to go. I think this uh, is maybe as much uh, as we're going to get in that yeah. regard. I mean, I mean, she, I mean, I we, know, are we allowed to spoil what happens in the book in, in Um, I episode? think so. Yeah. Like, I think right? we've yeah, already people, done but, some. Like I was going to say, I mean, yeah, I she essentially comes <laughs> back and she sends them on their mission. She dies right at this point. That's all yeah. that's left for her to do. Now I guess on her deathbed, maybe we could get some, more complex final thoughts on religion. But I feel like the show sets up this thing where they're going to have more to say about the book uh, or about religion than the book or the Hallmark you know christian 1994 miniseries does but i don't think they've quite gone there so i think far. the it's spies
4: again are going to be crucial to this right because if it turns out yeah. that going against her word was beneficial that mm. muddies the waters a bit if it turns out that free will can indeed matter and go against the mm-hmm. will of whatever deity she's in contact with that's pretty important
3: yeah and that's in addition to this series she doesn't have that same objection in the book the con the idea of like why did you send spies god didn't say it was okay and Mm -hmm. i kind of hate those lines when she says that stuff to nick about like about like you know until the man upstairs says it's okay you know and i'm just kind of like
4: (laughs) she's like i needed to get the okay from i know it's so
3: weird and it it turns god into like a character you know what i mean instead of like of uh, an ideology and it's more than her
4: like he clearly has more opinions about life and everything than this woman
0: <laughs> it would be I funny like, if she's on her deathbed and then and Stu just goes like enough of your god talk mother <laughs> and then,
5: and goes, like, <laughs> sorry totally Mac, you keep trying to talk we keep i'm sorry that's off. another thing that bothers yeah. me though is that in she leaves she essentially leaves the town because she is being like treated like the golden calf you know well, that's but, why but, she but, leaves
3: but, in the but, book, but, though. But I didn't really get that here.
5: You don't here get it's because, here because he's it, here, gone silent,
4: right? Like she's yeah. no longer getting guidance. And, and, and,
5: yeah, and that's fine. I, 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 yeah, they do say that, but it's also like, I don't know. I, it just, it's not as I guess is that strong choice is it a stronger choice than leaving because people are like treating you like your god or. I don't, and then are the spies going to pan out? No. They haven't seen anything. <laughs> no, but Tom Holland is going to pan out, I
4: think. He's going to come back and give But he them- doesn't.
5: But he doesn't. He's
4: he gonna doesn't make sh- it. He's gonna tell <laughs> them,
5: as we know, unless they totally rewrote the the last you know two hundred. I don't remember. It's
4: been so long since I read the books. I don't remember. Well, Tom um, Collins'
5: no. purpose well, in the doesn't book, pan out. But once again, it's tricky in the book
0: because in, in the book, the book very much does land on the side of this. You know, these are all instruments of God, and the book his purpose is to come back so he can save Stu, essentially, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. why, that's yeah. why he. Yeah. But he we don't know him. that.
5: Yeah, we're not right. supposed to know that. So, so having him come back with a different purpose would make it makes more sense because then we're like okay then so when that's thwarted we're like oh shit like this was all for nothing but then we realize it really was for another a different purpose well it's on the air yeah. they, they, could, cha- they could
4: change they could change any of that back. i wouldn't be surprised if they changed the outcome of tom cullen mm-hmm. well and i yeah. also
5: think i i mean we know that king changed the ending right yeah he's written like a there's a, there's a, a coda. New coda Coda, but it, yeah. but it yeah but we don't know where that starts like where where do the changes mm-hmm. start to be made yeah we we'll were all curious if they were going to do some of the you know quote unquote hand of god stuff and, yeah, and hey and is the republicans
0: say stay tuned
5: <laughs> yeah very <laughs> very true okay yeah sorry I, i'm getting ahead of ourselves right, right. Um, okay
4: so we get the i like that you're making all these biblical connections randall because i got them being referenced in the scene but i didn't quite Sure. <laughs> I wasn't all the way there to being like, ah, oh, yes, this is like when Christ was tempted by the devil and turns yeah. him down.
3: And like, that's my thing is I feel like I'm, b- I'm being charitable in the sense that I'm not thinking that their intention was to try to be like, oh, it's like 40 days, 40 nights. Because for me, I, th- I thought it was more of a moment where the characters were self-aware about that. And there was, you know, the flag toying, because like, the idea that he toys with maybe uh divinity like is something that is is fun for me and the idea of something that my version of Randall Flag would do which he's like oh you think I'm a demon then yeah I'll lean into that a little bit cuz that could be good for my brand you know right. and I think that yeah. that's
4: uh <laughs> that's like my my version of flag that I love so and also yeah, her knowing oh, her knowing that she that he's nothing that he's just kind yeah. of like this vague bad figure that doesn't have a connection to any concrete mythology like yeah, would make sense for him to respond and be like, "Oh no, like you couldn't put me in your mythology, I don't care." <laughs>
3: totally. Yeah, let's uh move on to talk about another bad boy in Boulder. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, his name is Harold Lauder, and he's fed up. He's very um, bad.
4: Naughty boy in this episode. Naughty boy here.
3: Uh, essentially, we, what we get with Harold here, uh, we get a couple key scenes, one of which is from the book where him and Stu are out on patrol looking for Mother Abigail. And Harold basically has a gun in his pocket and is making the decision, basically. do I... Yeah, <laughs> like, do I kill Stu Redman right now? This man that I hate, and in the end, he can't really get up the guts to do it. Um, but they have a really interesting conversation about randomness and destiny, which I think you know is sort of does um, maybe uh, draw a line between Vegas and Boulder, or more specifically, I think maybe just Stu and, and Harold, and we can talk more about that in a moment, but. Uh, but then the other big scene we get with Harold is essentially Franny breaks into his basement there. She finds, this is where Larry wasn't able to go in the last episode. There she finds, uh, the book he's been writing guideposts to a better life. Uh, and every glimpse of it I've read is very much, like, I would, this is what you write when you're a teenager, you know, it's a lot of angst. And, uh, and then he essentially finds, uh, um franny looking at his dark things uh she knows all of his He's secrets. like hey stop looking at my dark thing <laughs> and i kind of love that she doesn't even try to say anything she just tries mm-hmm. to run away and then he gra- i kind of just love that moment because it's like what do you even say when you have found like the most private things of somebody and they've caught you uh he has and then he has this monologue and basically says you know um uh captain trips was supposed to be about me it was supposed to be my great adventure and basically explains his evil plot to her it's very <laughs> on the nose but i i absolutely love it well, i I'm love gonna, it we good. Can, Man, he acts
0: yeah we can talk so about it i mean i mean i don't, I don't need to say it's easily like the best know. part of the show we'll yeah. go back i
4: want to talk about the scene with him and Stu oh, and yeah. Destiny. we are okay yeah. yeah i'm just kind of laying out
3: this little corner of the narrative uh essentially what happens we um, he locks Franny in his cellar and then meets up with Nadine on the mountaintop and they set off the little bomb that they made, uh, which the is bomb. not so little because it takes out a beloved yeah. character, Nick Andros, which we'll get to in a moment. So, character yeah. is a strong word. <laughs> Nick. Oh, no. And then we'll, uh, so yeah. Um, obviously, Harold hates Stu Redman with uh, The Passion of a Million Suns. They have this moment out in the woods. And <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Mel, what is your takeaway from this scene with Harold and Stu?
4: Okay, well, one, I really do like that they keep committing to what I see as Harold's arc that I mentioned in, in the last episode, which is that Harold is squeamish about close personal intimate violence. Mm -hmm. but wants to commit violence on a grand scale. (laughs) He can't shoot Stu because it would mean that he has control of the gun. I mean, even Mm -hmm. when he sets off the bomb with Nadine, he, he holds the trigger out to her and they sort of do it together. He can't actually accept the responsibility of committing all the violence that he does want to commit because he is too, I don't know, weak in the moment, or he, he, he can't actually cope with the actuality of it. Um,
3: well, he also, he also fashions himself a hero. You know, he fashions himself the hero of his story. And I think maybe even though he says he's committing this violence, uh, what is it? One pointed stroke of cruelty to set the world right. <laughs> uh, and which is a very lofty way of justifying one's own actions. And so I think killing someone from a distance and not seeing what you're actually doing is a lot more palatable to him than actually, you know, yeah, unloading in someone's head right in front of you. So. But, it's,
4: but it's just funny because he's so self-centered and so about control and so about taking care control of his own narrative that every opportunity he gets to physically do so he shies away from he can only Mm -hmm. do it with other people's help and the other thing is i really like the conversation they have about destiny versus randomness it just fits in with the ideology of someone who views the world as you know befitting what they already think about themselves or Mm -hmm. um i think you said randall that like you were talking about internal and external views earlier with Trash Can Man, and like Harold to me is just someone who imposes his internal view on everything at at every turn, mm-hmm. and that and that means he feels like he's careening out of control. So it's interesting that he's like, no, it's about destiny here, because he feels that he has to write the course of things because he's so self centered. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm not actually making a point here, other than I think no, this is I think how. You are. This is how people think when
3: they are. No, no, no. I know exactly what you're saying. And I think that's what compelled me about this moment because it does speak. And we've heard Harold talk about, you know, basically we hear it at the end of the very first episode where he can be a prince elsewhere, but here he's just part of the horde, you know, and he's not valued here. And so, but the thing is, he's already written a narrative in his head, which is that you know i i was living in a life where i was unappreciated and then everyone who didn't appreciate me died and the girl that i was in love with lived so this is clearly was made for me and that's what flag sort of feeds into i think with the people that come to vegas the big difference is you know selfishness versus selflessness and harold thinks about his self and his own view on life and his own sense of self-worth which he believes that he is better than other people and should be made a hero. He should be held up on a throne. And so, um, so yeah, he believes that, captain trips because it did in many ways lay out this path forward where he could be special um then it is destiny it it was destined to happen that way and so he doesn't like this idea of randomness that stew speaks of which is uh you know he says you make it all sound so random just about the idea that the where we ended up what we ended up doing um the people who lived the people who died like there was no rhyme or reason to it and i think that's interesting in boulder and then setting that against sort of you know concepts of selfishness selfishness and selflessness boulder vegas and um but then destiny and randomness i think those are interesting questions that i'm glad that they grappled with a little bit because it is really rooted in character because right. i think Stu is very much someone who is like well uh, i'll adapt to the new future i'll adapt to the new reality i will be a leader but i also don't need to be a leader here's why here's why it's interesting
4: is because there's a yeah. contradiction there like harold is saying basically i mean as you say stew is like i'll adapt to the narrative harold is mm-hmm. like i need the narrative to fit my version of myself and that's not destiny right. yeah. that's exerting control and so i find it mm. interesting that he justifies it as destiny when in fact he is the one who's like no i need to make things fit the narrative that i would yeah. like to create whereas stew mm-hmm. is more in line with the traditional notion of destiny which is like i'm just gonna go where the world <laughs> deems fit no, to put I'm just me gonna
5: fall over here
3: And that's really true, Mel, because you say, like, the idea, like, he keeps telling himself it's Destiny even when he's trying to take, you know, basically mash together uh, everything and then say, this is what was meant to be. You're like, that's not Destiny, Harold, that's fan fiction. Right, exactly. And that's also, that also speaks, I think, um, to, uh, damn it, I trailed off. Um, Hold on. Uh, I had a thought in my head. Damn it. I lost it. I had a really good thought. It'll come back. I um, bet you'll remember it. Yeah. Like, I'll we're not talking it about Harold and to the characters
5: too. again. So, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, let's... Uh, okay. Okay. Now, let's move on to the section in the basement with Franny breaking in. This was a pretty intense scene. What did you guys think about it?
5: I, I dug it.
0: Yeah, I loved it. Love on <laughs> No, no, no. no I, I, I hate this. I feel like this is such a simple piece of criticism to or, or a simple compliment to give the show. But I mean, I really am just invested anytime Owen Teague is on screen. I know you all have said that, all right? I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's a lot of good acting it's in the show, but I, I think he has just nailed this character and I actually like that him and Franny get this confrontation with each other where the masks are off. They, they're completely honest about everything because we don't get that in the book and it is a really fascinating dynamic in my opinion. So I actually, for me, this actually loads the big explosion at the end of this episode with even more weight because it comes right off of this, right? Because the explosion's pretty soon af- after this. Yeah, yeah yeah. yeah. It yeah, is, yeah. It's a great yeah, afterwards. And so because of that, the explosion is a lot more, it's more emotionally charged. And I agree with you, Randall. It is a little... um well written and with capital w right like it's about, it's all very it's almost very formal and exposition-y and everything but i don't know the acting is so good on both of their parts that i don't care i feel like they earn it and well it's like
4: he memorized it right like yeah. sure and i can buy that i he's can buy the heroine, so that. many times yeah he's imagined yeah.
0: this in his head think, yeah exactly do you
4: think don't you think though i mean you said that like the sort of the masks are off i still feel like we haven't gotten franny being like okay yeah like i don't like you like yeah you disgust me yeah i agree no we got that i would say we got that in episode four because that she literally says
3: to him in episode four because that's where they flash back to the scene under the dock and where he basically says i love you we're meant to be together and she says i will and she says i will never Never feel about (laughs) you this way so yeah i remember that very specifically and that's um, that's
4: related to to like love like that's like a specific rejection Sure. I just feel yeah. like now now she's like, I do know you. And my impression is like, you really don't, Franny. Oh, like
0: <laughs> that I agree with yeah, you. Yeah. Well, how much of the I book actually, has he read, yeah. though? Because, I mean, if she's read the book, I don't know. I mean, do you feel like if she... I mean, she probably hasn't read the whole thing, right? <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, Wait, the, you
3: mean the, the book that he wrote? The Dark that Yeah.
4: I just think her appeal to him is more frantic and acted than it is, like... An honest sort of like, I know oh, you. Oh, uh, I see what like, you mean.
5: <laughs> yeah, the, the whole totally thing. should have leaned into the t- to the Teddy thing. Like you had friends here. You had like Teddy. Like yeah, like, I, I, she should have just gone there because she 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 can't say we we are right. here for you because because clearly they're not. And she knows that he's been watching them. So I'm sure he's heard conversations behind closed doors that are not. You know, unless it's just no sound video um which yeah are, which would not would take all the fun out of it so but I, you,
0: are you are you talking then Mel, about the, just this idea of the um oh maybe we're the last two people on earth who really know each other or that that you think that's more of like a tactic on franny's part to, i think i think just uh, i I don't
4: agree that the masks are off like i think Harold's is because he finally yeah. has license to yeah. to be like everything's out in the open but i think franny is so obsessed with the idea that she has to be um nice and polite and mm, and all yeah. these things to him that that she can't just be like you're insane and i hate you
0: yeah no, <laughs> and right. th- in this right. moment
4: like she had she does have to be like oh my god stop like no you're important to me i guess yeah <laughs>
0: yeah that's a good point i could buy that
5: for sure otherwise we would have just seen her be like you're nuts and then have the, like a, you're a nuts. fight in the basement yeah <laughs> He wins. Well, yeah, he gets out of there. I do
4: think well, the show him. might be trying to play this off as honest, which is why I don't like their handling of Franny. Right. I'm I'm in the minority with this so opinion. In, I know it's but,
5: Franny. Yeah, but I'll say I'll no, I, I, no, I agree I, with you though, Mel. Sorry, sorry, Randall. But I agree with you because even in in prior episodes, she you know they invite, invites him over to dinner totally because not because she's his friend, but she thinks something's going on, and it's she sneaky. she feels like he's a bad dude. So it's like why. You're going to do all that stuff. But then when he confronts you, you still have a front up. It doesn't make sense. Like, yeah.
3: But I'll say this, like what? I don't know. I don't even necessarily. I, I think where I struggle, Mel, is you, like, I think you and I both feel like the show, when she says these things, the show intends for her to be she's being honest. And yes, honest. I do. Whereas agree. when she is saying for me, I read it that when he screams at her and he says, don't start pretending like you care about me she's he's not wrong
4: right exactly
3: i mean i think that there's been i think that she's made efforts to sort of keep the relationship somewhat alive because we do see like she invites him over for dinner but the thing is she was never going to accept him for who he really was like the only version of him she was going to accept was the really big smiley happy version that is obviously fake like it seems like that's the only one and so it's uh so i think that It's very true, though. Like, his angst is is not earned. I mean, his anger, like, his violence is not earned. But I think his angst, like, it comes from a very real place where he's just like, you could care less about me. And it would be easier if you were honest about that. Yeah, just be honest about that. She's got this weird, the
4: show has to cast her as, like, this weird... It's not really this, but this, like, Madonna horror complex thing where it's, like, she has to be canny enough and smart enough to realize that he's a bad person and break into his basement. But she yeah. has to be a good enough person to be like, no, I care about you. And it, like, makes no sense. Yeah. She's Like, breaking she's, the right she's,
3: she's right partially. She's right partially because it's basically, like, she... um because when she says, you know, you could have had friends here, you could have had a life here, when she essentially says that, uh, she's not wrong, because you no. do see in the first episode that he was sort of rebuilding a new life. But this whole concept that, like, we, like, when she's like, we might be the only people who, who left who know each other, that reeks to me of, like, this is something to say in, like, uh, a moment of... of of terror you right. know like something to pacify him because it is true in a way the, the idea that two people who knew each other from before the world is really interesting but it's not like she ever valued that before this moment and so or at least yeah. we never saw that like she wanted and the thing is I don't even really blame her like yeah Harold was a fucking creep to you like I would want to get him out of my life too and so but just you know in this moment don't pretend <laughs> that you actually care about him so.
5: there's like cut scenes where she's like Harold don't you think he'd be more comfortable in Vegas <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Harold, man, Harold would get his rocks off in Vegas. He
0: would get it. A- well, he wants to. Well, I gotta to, say, yeah. you know, also, Franny
5: him. is... Bringing people over to her house under false pretenses, she's sneaking around Harold's basement. She's <laughs> she's doing it with Stu every day. I think she could she could live it up in Vegas as well. Oh,
4: she's always right. She's righteous. She's a force for mm. really boring good.
0: When um when oh, we first ahead, met man. them in that first episode, there I mean it's so long ago now, but there was a scene right where she did tell him off a little bit. Um, oh like, yeah, yeah. Right? And so yeah, he's probably thinking about that too. Like I mean, I guess you guys are right with. This idea of that it wasn't like they had some amazing relationship or friendship or even a false friendship really before um, all that happened. So that's probably going through uh, through yeah. his head, too.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, let's move on to, uh, I guess, sort of the fruits of Harold's anger, which is the big explosion, the bomb that has been planted in the piano in Mother Abigail's house. I believe it's Mother Abigail's house. Yeah. And um, yeah. And um, yeah, that's a confusing. Yeah, and yeah. so we basically <laughs> I mean, looks, we yeah. I guess sort of the arc there. We we get a little bit of Nadine here, uh, her dropping off the bomb. By this point, she's not. It's you know she's been told off by Larry. And she's given up and she's given herself to the dark man. And so in this episode, we kind of just get her, uh, the machinations of her plan.
4: And she Joe does talks. Protect,
3: <laughs> yeah, she does want to protect Joe. She doesn't want to kill the kids, which is nice of her. So um, she, <laughs> so, but I thought sure the God. reasoning, the reasoning for the kids not going to the vigil, I wouldn't, when she's just like, these kids went to vigils and then came home and their families
0: were uh, dead. But, 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 but,
5: but they haven't seen Time Bandits. <laughs> Wait, is that what they were watching? I did watching? love that they
0: were watching. Yeah, they were watching yeah, they're Time Bandits. Yeah, they were watching Time Bandits. Time Bandits, yeah. I kids i don't know i know it's apparently more it's fun kids. i guess i, I saw I when i was a kid but i wasn't saying. that young anyway
3: but yeah it was not you know not a ton of nadine here but we do just get that little glimpse of humanity uh and and then essentially it, you know the big bomb goes off and we lose mr nick andros uh it's really doesn't really hit because i don't think <laughs> that character ever really appealed to any of us just not a great version so how do we feel about nick andros's uh, uh fiery death Anybody have well, any reactions? I, yeah, I agree I There was a big nothing. About all
5: this. <laughs> I have questions. Why why was the decision made to effectively try to not put anyone in danger but Nick essentially? We you have Nadine hindering Larry from going to the house. Joe's not there. Franny's also not there. So all of the members that you know, essentially the members are supposed to kill are not actually at the house except for Stu and Nick and, and Glenn, I well, guess. Lays. Nadine.
4: Right? Nadine doesn't know that, Her- that Harold has saved Franny, and Harold doesn't know that Nadine has saved Larry by cutting this right. motorcycle. Right,
5: but oh, I, guess, right. Yeah. I guess what I'm thinking though is like in, in terms of like, this is like a big moment in this series why are we going to disarm it half like t- t- 10, 15 minutes before it actually goes off? Like, I mean, that's supposed to, I mean, that's half, half of the scare is like, I guess that's why they decided to make it the Vigil and have like all these no-name people there as well because I guess we're supposed to care about them. But no one gives a shit about everybody else. All I care about are the characters they've attempted to make us care about. And they they effectively hey, take of like, half of those there. people out of the but thing. Get I, their mean, I was also
4: like, out. why are they holding a Vigil? Well, like, we, don't, we know that she's Stu's not outside. dead yet. Like,
0: but I, think, <laughs> I think Stu and Franny get in enough proximity. Well, because a big part of the book, and we'll, I, they'll probably do this, is um, you know, they're worried if, when franny gets knocked by the explosion the baby's gonna survive i i feel i don't know i feel like they're in enough proximity i just thought
5: franny trying to run all the way across town it was probably like what did it to the baby you know what i mean <laughs> she wakes oh, up cheers. in the hospital like left. i don't think well, is I the mean, baby like, yeah, okay? she's close enough to the blast but like you know the, i don't know no The, the doctor's like, on this show the
0: doctor's like, like
5: you it... sh-. she's like, is it from the
0: exploit? No, you shouldn't have run so
4: far. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> shouldn't have run so much. Wait, can we just rewind to the fact that Joe talks and he says, M- Mommy, Nadine, and Nadine are two different people. That's the first sentence that this kid utters. And it yeah. it is oh, so like funny. <laughs> it's so funny because it's like, oh, did you notice that like, Nadine isn't a character. She's actually two characters because we didn't write it's her actually, well enough actually, to be like a complete actually, human uh,
5: being. It's actually Nadine and Amber Heard. Yeah. <laughs> he says that. Like, what? <laughs> we de- All right. This is, I thought great. that was weird too because Larry, even though that's the first time this kid's like ever said anything, there's... I mean, I guess he's trying to keep it quiet because Nadine's still there. But in this if, world, if, savants if are says, every other person, like, and you have to like keep it <laughs> quiet. Wouldn't you be like, "Oh my god! Like, what did you say? He's talked. He said something." <laughs> like,
0: I don't know. <laughs> what if he, what if Larry just went, "Daddy, Larry is proud of you." <laughs> <laughs> Wait, dude, I can't remember if you if y'all talked about this in the previous episodes. Do. You, do you guys get like slightly annoyed at them always calling Mother Abigail Mother A? I don't know yeah. why. Yes. Like really annoying.
3: Genuinely, me. I I hate it.
0: I, I hate that's, when people that's... impose their own nicknames on things <laughs> that they create. They kind of cre- I don't know why. It really bugs it's
5: me. Updated Dan, it's updated. You know, <laughs> clearly
4: we're we're so disinterested with the death of Nick Andros that we like, can't even talk about I it. It's No, what, Nick A. No, they,
0: it's
5: like well, you know. Well, um, hey, we get to see you. we get to see him with his eye patch off. So I felt more connected to him in this episode. What
4: was that
3: postcard that he had? It said silencio on it, but I don't understand what that was. Is that a reference to another episode?
0: Like silence? I Cause he can't he, talk. He I don't know. Yeah. But
3: yeah, he was staring yeah. at that postcard and they zoomed in on it. It was like, he was oh, staring at it. And I feel like I'm missing something.
5: I noticed it. And I thought maybe it was supposed to have been something that they've showed us in a past episode or a flashback. <laughs> not that i can remember episode nine You'll i probably do, see the flashback in episode nine i
0: do feel like and i'm, I'm with you all i nick andrews as a character they just have and I, whatever the performance is fine they just haven't done a ton story-wise to make me yeah. care about him, which stinks because nick andrews has one of the best backstories in the book you yep. know? Um, yeah um th- that being said i did enjoy it as a sequence just how it was filmed and Mm-hmm. You know the bomb being the, the whole the whole piano thing, and just like like I I like how it all unfolded just cinematically. I thought it was suspenseful from an aesthetic place. If that makes sense, I like the way yeah. the explosion looked and everything. You can but...
4: imagine that if you cared, it would have been really <laughs> yeah.
0: effective. I, I'm one of the few people who <laughs> I, digs Diablo guess... in the original, and, and I I remember watching it as a kid and being very sad that he that he,
5: well. Uh, I think that's yeah. my that is my complaint. Is it's not as much that they they took the people out of harm's way. But it was like, why don't you leave some of the people that we actually have connected with in the house? Other they got than three Gray. of them there. They got Nick. They Stu's got Ralph. Uh, Stu's outside. Ray, they
3: got Stu. They got uh, Glenn Bateman.
5: They really <laughs> connected with Ray. This is the most we've, we've seen Ray in this episode. <laughs> I like I like Ray. I mean, but you didn't see much I like, of Ralph. No, and, I like what they're doing with yeah. with Ralph or with Ray because Ralph doesn't. Ralph's just kind of a yes man and fucking. The, the so he's not. He's just kind of there. Like so pit. they've definitely given Ray more to do. But like, I don't know. I I I, I agree with you, Dan. I think the suspense was still there and all that stuff. I think they shot it good. I I like the bomb being in the piano. I. Yeah, just like y'all said, I just we just don't really connect. And I, it, I yeah. do like
0: the meditative, silent, introspective place that Nick Andrews goes before. I actually thought that was a, a cool take, as opposed to Rob Lowe's panic.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. that was different, right? Yeah, that I mean, that felt yeah, like and that, that felt like in line with yeah. the
0: character. But yeah, I just don't. I don't know. I, I haven't. I can't quite figure it out with Nick Andros. Like, why I'm not connected? I, I don't hate the performance necessarily. It's just. I don't know if it's the, st- the m- messing up the structure or if it's just how much they rushed his, st- they con- pretty much condensed this week's long storyline into that one hospital room. Yeah, and and p- yeah. part of why you love Nick in the book is because you really get to see him help out the sheriff and Doc Soames and all that. I'm, yeah. I don't know what it is because well, I, d- I really don't character. hate the actor. I don't hate the performance. There's no, just nothing so. interesting about the character. Yeah. He, it's
4: just, there's nothing interesting. I mean. He just does what needs to be done. He's a really good guy. That's all we know about him. He's great. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly.
3: Yeah, so, um, and then the last part of the episode, uh, Joe. Uh, kind of is summoned by Mother Abigail. He finds her in the woods Mother and a. screams really loud. Mother and he a. points, and he looks like yeah. a vision of the body snatchers from now, the eighties. <laughs> wait a minute!
5: Now, wait a minute! Now, I guess he is summoned by Mother Abigail, right? Because it's her voice, right?
3: Yeah. What were you gonna say?
5: I'm gonna say, isn't it supposed to be God? Is it? Isn't All oh, the whole thing's not supposed to be all Mother Abigail, right?
3: I don't know, man. I'm reading Desperation right now, and there's a lot of God shit in that too. So uh, I'm thinking a lot about King sort shit. of his versions of God shit. There's a lot going on. So she
5: went out to the woods to do nothing and then (laughs) she had an an
3: emotional
4: and spiritual reckoning. That's not nothing. She stopped hearing God, Mac. We have (laughs) some sympathy for the woman.
5: Let me just say, if you're Mother Abigail and you go out in the woods and then you ask one person to come find you, are you going to ask the child who... We don't know if it's speak. her asking
4: him. We know that he hears her say, there's no place that I could go that God wouldn't find me, which leads yeah, me to like... believe that Joe is God.
0: Hey, that could be cool. Is be Joe,
5: how is Joe going to get anybody to get... Her, like He's all gonna of a of point sudden, someone's like reporting in. He's a strong boy he'll hoist where, her on how, her, his shoulders. Was she like <laughs> ten feet into the woods or something. Like she's supposed He's to be. a strong little boy. They have a search party out there. They couldn't find her, Mac, but then Joe comes her two like seconds in she answers.
3: Yeah, questions. also back. She summoned him. Except the suspend your disbelief for. Five I'm talking seconds.
5: about. I'm talking about Joe relaying that message. Like other than hey, he knows how, pulling how to pull on someone's shirt and say and pointing in that direction. You know, I just don't get it. They they know that she's, they know that they found her so quickly. I didn't, I didn't
4: read that as her summoning him. I read that as an outside force calling him in, like making him conscious of where she is. It doesn't matter because this sucks regardless. (laughs) I'm just just saying. saying
5: I don't know what, how the rest of the town found out (laughs) that she was alive so quickly if you have the only person that's out there can't speak.
3: Did you hear his scream? He
5: it was really loud. I, I want him to say, my, uh, uh, Mommy, Abigail, and Mother A are two different people now. <laughs>
4: <laughs> he says that about everyone. It becomes clear. Yeah, it's daddy. the only like, thing he listen, knows how Yo, to we say. need to
5: clarify. Is, is it <laughs> Mother Abigail God, or are they two different people?
3: <laughs> Father, Son, Holy Spirit.
1: Hello, this is Jason, co host of the All 80s Movies Podcast, with a message from Factor Meals. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you will always have new flavors to explore. Treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 and use code 80smovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code 80smovies50 at factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active.
4: What we've got here is
0: Failure to communicate
1: nine times. Mr. Brown. Mr. White. You know for kids. It's the blonde. Mr. Blue. Mr. Orange. Mr. Pink. Why am I Mr. Pink? I see dead people. 1.21 gigawatts
2: Their obsession. I'm going to make them an offer again with you.
1: No, I'm just getting warmed up.
2: Their words.
1: I'll ask you again. Did I urinate on your rug? I drink your milkshake. Someone else's movie. I'm a god. Your god. I'm a god. And not the guy.
2: Directors, screenwriters, actors, and film fanatics record feature length audio commentaries for the films that changed their life.
1: I want you to get up now. How come Andrew gets to get up? That's right. If he gets up, we'll all get up. It'll be anarchy. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore.
2: That's the sidetrack. Do you?
3: Um, let's move on to our next section Uh, it's a little section we call Mars and Scars saw you leaving
1: you bored with the sermon
4: (laughs) no no just
1: not really my thing
4: Hmm. can I give you a piece of friendly advice sure now it's one thing to come into town thinking you're too good for the people who live here I don't know why you'd say that I I wouldn't. but being too good for God
5: that's another thing entirely
3: Mars and Scars is the Stan specific Marters section and Scar. Where, we, where we talk about James Marsden and Alexander Skarsgard, as well as exclusively, exclusively, as, the other, <laughs> exclusively, as <laughs> well as and uh, also maybe some of the other motley crew that's run around this thing. Um, we got some new characters this episode. We got a little character named Trashcan Man, played by Ezra Miller. We talked about him a little bit earlier. Uh, we also got Bobby Terry. We got the Rat Woman. We're actually spending a little bit of time with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are sort of the characters that we see most of, uh, in this episode in terms of newish characters. So, uh, which one of these is really working for you guys? I think we, we talked a little bit about the other characters, but, uh, Mac, what is one of these three characters, Ratwoman, Bobby, Terry, Trashy, that you're like, I'm, I'm glad to have this person in the world.
4: we playing fuck, Mary well, kill.
5: I was very confused. <laughs> I was confused. Like, you know, I'm fine with Ratwoman being there and doing all this stuff, but it was kind of like. At the expense of Julie Laurie, because they just basically gave a bunch of stuff that Laurie does to yeah. the rat woman. And it was like, well, you're building up this character, Julie, essentially to have her, where is she in this episode? Well, like nowhere to be found. Julie
3: couldn't talk to it, Tom because she knows Tom.
5: Yeah, yeah that's a good point. She, yeah, met but him, yeah. still, she oh, already recognized, she already calls out in the other episode, like, ah, oh, I think that's the fee, but then doesn't do anything about it, doesn't act on it. Yeah, weird. it is interesting. Uh, they don't
3: pursue that. Like that's actually uh well, what would she do? I
4: mean, thing. he's just like working as a like who cares? Yeah, he's here working as a janitor. Um
5: yeah, I guess that's true.
0: Yeah.
4: Dan, of these characters, who's working for you?
0: Oh man. I mean, Bobby Terry, I love the performance. It, 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 Bobby Terry for me is just a scripting thing, right? I just wish we saw uh-huh. more of him beforehand. I mean, maybe it was yeah, related to production. It, it, and I think the big the big deal they make about in the Black Betty and all that feels a little a little strange to me. <laughs> Rat woman's kind of inoffensive. I mean, I'll say that she's not as memorable as Rick Avila. I mean, Rick Avila, <laughs> I will always remember as the rat man. I mean, it's just, He's you the know, best, it's man. probably good she, they didn't give her those lines like the rat woman forgive you this time. You oh, know, I don't man. think she needs to say that. Um, but she's, yeah, she's kind of just there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, Randall, you and I were texting about this when. when we we're talking about trash can, man. Like, I mean, he's not boring, right? I don't know. I, right, I'm true. I'm interested true. to see where they're <laughs> going to go with the Offensive told- is
4: not boring.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I the the whole uh, it's tough, and I haven't been on, on on the episode, so I haven't really talked about this. I I had I'll be honest, I hadn't really thought about how many savants king puts i mean not just in the stand but i guess in every in a lot of steven king books right like it it certainly mm-hmm. is a, a trope oh, the a
4: stand way. is like a greatest hits yeah, <laughs> yeah so,
0: so so honestly that i mean and i agree with you i totally agree with you that, that it's a thing that's here i'm just kind of thinking about it as a pattern and wrestling with it in my head so on my first watch i, w- I wasn't I, I honestly just wasn't thinking about trash can man in, in terms of ableism and everything else i did think that he didn't come across quite like a real person you know like i was just like i don't know anyone yeah. like this so i'm screaming thing <laughs> and i did i did laugh at the, the thank you and him sounding like a skexy and throwing the, the plate down <laughs> no th-
3: see i'm sort of clinging to those moments yeah. because i think for me it's uh i don't want the character to be ableist and so i'm denying Yo. that well in don't my you own. think
4: it would be just more <laughs> interesting if he could in. like actually communicate and
3: like had i agree <laughs> But I think I've I found a way in my mind to explain it away, just,
0: and uh,
5: I, I just and so I, I love yeah. Randall. You, but no, he's funny.
3: I <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. I swear. <laughs> Come on, guys!
5: wait for the next few episodes where they don't, where they only double down on all the things that you're trying to. 100 oh, like. percent!
4: They're like he's only going to. It's like get being worse. a, it's like I
3: being a Trump wait. supporter. It's like you always have to, you know, like defend your decision the next <laughs> you're, you're week. Maybe, you know, yeah. find new creative ways Reasoning, to it yeah. why you're still into it.
0: I don't know. I do enjoy it more. Like the the fireplace scene. I am a little bit more drawn to Trash Can Man just as someone who's semi-realistic. When he he goes into that almost He's
5: quiet and listening? yeah, the
0: quiet and like the almost baby voice he talks in that that yeah. that I can just yeah. buy a little bit more than the you know the rob zombie jerking off to fire i mean, I, mean I, know he, I know he gets aroused by fire in the book but it's all through an internal monologue he's not literally standing in front of flames he's and, jerking he starts, his
3: dong, yeah. and he starts oh, right and then, away
0: too it's it's just like <laughs> explosion and then no and then, time to then,
4: waste those explosions
5: don't last that long yeah, I mean, exactly do we have a uh sorry <laughs> no sorry, go ahead go the dominion section in this oh what? wait what mac a king's yeah Dominion we do later oh no, yeah i couldn't remember i didn't want to mention something well, and i think too because a it's in the fir- yeah.
0: it's in the first like two minutes of the episode and then it it's like it goes to like slow motion where you jerk off so it's just funny like the whole but i I mean it did it did grab me right away and i was kind of just going, man where's this going <laughs> and I him, I'm still man. at the end of it i'm going where what are they gonna do with him or yeah are, are they gonna i i don't think we'll go to next episode and suddenly get a a tone down nuanced portrayal <laughs> <laughs> in a tweed jacket. Uh, like. I, so we're talking about the three characters. Let's put it this way. Of those three characters, the new characters, the one I was most interested in is, is Trash Camp Man, I will say.
3: Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm, I got to say that like as much as I think that there's things to struggle with, with the performance and there's like, there is that kind of Rob Zombie extreme kind of quality to it from the, you know, the outfit or lack thereof to uh, the jerking and, and so on and the shrieking and so on. Uh, but I think, um, yeah, I, I'm at least intrigued to see where the character keeps going, what else they do with it, if it gets more wild. And Keep um, saying the I don't know.
2: Character. <laughs> I know. I'm
3: sorry. Um, as for Rat Woman, I think that, I, I think what annoys me is, <laughs> is show me a character who's different. You know what I mean? Like show me a character in Vegas who isn't like, you know, Julie or, you know, everyone else. And just being this sort of like debaucherous, Quite, like you know, calmly cruel kind of person, like the way she makes fun of Tom. You know, it's just it's like, why not she be Vegas. kind to Tom? You know, like, why I not, not she be because... kind to Tom? <laughs>
4: Not like nice though. to my friend <laughs> and even
0: even aesthetically they just they all just look like they're in like a buck cherry music video i know
5: exactly it different it would be interesting It's all the bad boys and bad girls randall you're not gonna get any nice people i know and i just wish that
3: i just wish that like you know show me a little more texture and like if you're gonna int- take this character of the rat woman who's like the mc of uh of the coliseum like just you know like give me some shades with her instead of just having her be another antagonistic like kind of you know mean person uh Show me that in Vegas, like, you know, normal people can be there because that's like the whole point is that it's Mm. not like an it's not a a stark ideological divide that separates Boulder and Vegas in the book. Like there is a lot of overlap in a lot of ways and a lot of things that are unsavory in Boulder and are better in Vegas and vice versa. And it really just does come Mm. down to like uh, like the ideas of community and also ideas of leadership. And I think it really does come down to those very human kind of elements. And here it's just so stark, the difference between them. And it just drives me crazy. And I think I mentioned this before the pod we were chatting. And I just, I think my biggest problem with Vegas, honestly, is that everyone's mean to Tom when he shows up. Whereas in the book, they're very, like they hear that uh, Boulder got rid of him because he wasn't well. And they're like, oh, that's awful. Like that's fucking horrible. Like you come work with us. You're able, you can do this work. And, uh, And they poke fun at him a little bit, but they also like, support him and treat him like a person and he really likes everybody in vegas he says that he's like he's like uh most of these people remind me of people in boulder you know and so and that to me is like so important for this story and like everybody is just so mean to tom which is like i mean obviously <laughs> like let julie be mean to him because she's just like super super evil but you know just show that the grander population is perhaps not that bad um i think that's where i struggle there but
5: I agree with you. If everybody's going to be like Lloyd and Julie, like, would you want to be in Vegas? No. no. I know. it's like, so obnoxious. Why does anybody want to be there if everybody's that type of character? It's so weird. Because they want
4: the the realist... to <laughs> they fuck. It's fuck. the only place you can go to fuck. It's
2: the
3: only place
5: you can go fuck on the floor of a hotel, y'all. <laughs>
3: Yeah, the only character on. that I was like, oh, yeah, they definitely should be in Vegas was a guy in like a Confederate flag hat. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I buy that.
0: <laughs> you get to fuck on the shining carpet. I mean, that's kind of cool, I guess.
3: Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, there's um, a couple yeah.
0: fucking in an elevator at some point. Uh, maybe in a, on <laughs> that's of in
3: things. the last episode, I think <laughs> that <laughs> that I remember. I was like, come on. Like when I saw the people fucking in the elevator, mm-hmm. um, uh, other characters that perhaps uh, made an impact for you guys this episode, who stands out?
0: Oh, uh, we're, we're talking Nobody? about okay char- we can talk about older characters too oh
3: yeah older characters too yeah I was, yeah, yeah they don't
5: have to be new like I'm, who, I'm, who in this we already talked out about harold harold how
3: about so, flag though how about just, you what do you think about flag
4: flag
0: yeah, i yeah i don't know i yeah. i've kind of dug I, I think what we're seeing with a lot of these characters and we talked about this with mother abigail already is that this this version of the stand in terms of backstory and just the level of like the amplification of all their yeah. characterizations a lot of it's kind of scaled back and subtracted almost you know so i feel mm-hmm. like you do have a lot of characters who i don't find egregious necessarily but they do feel a little bit like ciphers they're just kind of like the symbol of what this character is and I, that's how i've always felt about flag which isn't bad necessarily I've, i haven't minded alexander Skarsgård, um you know as as flag but he has been a little bit one note for me so yeah i like that we get to see him uh, get a little nasty in this one but i don't know i i I haven't disliked flag or mother abigail as much as other people so it didn't feel as as much of a watershed moment but i did like that what yeah
3: i like um i think with like compared to last week like the scene with dana i think really did not work at least for me um the whole stabbing himself in the or getting stabbed in the throat making you know stanislavski jokes it's funny (laughs) but it's like it's it didn't feel real or like you know, actually threatening or interesting to me. Uh, this was a lot more interesting, like this kind of exchange with Bobby Terry, because you could actually really feel the palpable sort of like tension and yeah. uh, and the, the idea of someone standing up to him, um, not even rebelling against him, but just basically saying like, I refuse to accept you as my leader uh, in sort of a snot-nosed way that, that Bobby Terry does it to me. is just, it's a different texture and it allows him to be meaner in sort of his, uh, you know, punishment. Yeah, isn't this the first time nature. we've
4: actually seen him kill a person or do anything overtly violent to another person. I mean, we saw him, you know, obviously he was going to attack
3: Dana, Dana last yeah. episode, right, but, we but we don't she really didn't let him. Yeah. Right. And then, um, otherwise we've brutal, heard yeah. about the crucifixions, but we've not right. seen the crucifixions. So
4: I, I mean, it's a shame that for me, it feels like every grand positive on this show is not so much an independent positive as it is an emergence from a negative. But yeah, like, I, think, I can see that. But I do think that yeah. happens in this case. Like I, I like finally making good on on his promise to be very, very frightening in a way that yeah. is loud. He just hasn't been any. He hasn't. He's been very flat and quiet and um, right, unable to.
5: I guess project. He, I also guess. Yeah, I guess they've been changing things, yeah, so we so might stoic. see more of that, but, like, I'm trying to think, in the book, like, I don't think he does much else the rest of the time, so this might be it, folks. Well, like, there is a them... crucifixion
3: scene in the book that's really effective, and I don't think it would have taken much for them to have done something like that like we see the result of the crucifixions mm. we see the guy who shows up in boulder with the wounds and everything but you I, you gotta show us that you like that is so it. important because like in the book the guy that they crucify that you actually witness being crucified is um, a guy who's just they caught him doing drugs you know and that's all it was but
5: they, but they do yeah, show it in part the trailer of this Vegas. don't they, they, can don't do, don't drugs they sh- <laughs> do drugs here did not they show in the tra- on one of the trailers didn't they show people crucified on on the signposts yeah like, but we haven't vegas? i don't
3: remember i don't recall seeing Could it just at been all a so
0: promotional far. image i mean yeah. it, well it's so, tough too because maybe. what the crucifixion does in the book is that once again like you were saying it's all these friendly people hard-working people who just want order and then all of a sudden they see this violent thing happen right and that's when the cracks start to show in the book of what vegas really is what randall flag really was is and that sets up the ending when they're going to disembowel um Larry and Ralph, it, it actually does set some people off to rebel against him. Yeah. But if you're having slaves and death matches every day, are <laughs> people yeah. really going to. Yeah, gonna it
5: takes the, takes the win. Yeah, that.
3: I'm really intrigued to see yeah. what the next couple episodes are going to look like, like what that climax is going to look like and what. And I'm really intrigued to see, I can see since Harold has had sort of um, a more leading role in this, I do wonder if he's actually going to make it to Vegas this time, you know, and that's a very, very... interesting thought to me. I wouldn't uh, would
5: like hate that.
0: To I mean, yeah, I'd be, I wouldn't I, yeah, either. I'd be
3: down for yeah. that. Very... I'd like to see think... him enter that world, you know? Mm-hmm.
5: So. Yeah. I'm very curious to see if they go that route as well. Cause it, it doesn't, I find it hard to believe that they're going to take someone they've been focusing on so much from episode one. Uh, and 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 kill him off in the next episode. I or feel something. as though yeah. he is the like, only character I don't know. very interesting
4: whom I am inter- like who I would care if they killed in like a different way. Yeah. Like I'm interested to see what happens to him.
0: <laughs> what if, yeah. uh, if Maybe he goes to Vegas and maybe he maybe he threw the Maybe he lets uh, lets Larry and Ray go. Oh my god! I hope not. Blew blew up up Nick. Nick. I, who knows? You know? Yeah. He
5: blew up Nick. Yeah,
0: I, know. Uh, I mean, I, I think they'll still he, kill him no matter what, but maybe he'll get more. I mean, he arguably does get a little bit of a redemption arc in the book, but maybe he'll.
5: Yeah, it's oh, yeah. he totally does. Yeah, yeah. I had a last question. If yeah. you're trying to move on, why, <laughs> why in flags? Uh, sorry, why in Trash Trashcan Man's dream is flag in a in a in like a hood and we don't see it's flag? Ah, uh, he's he trying to disguise himself that day. That, yeah that's true i think I
0: what think a side excuse. To little king's
5: dominion no, i'll say that for you I, I have a little theory about it. no i get that but i also feel like i, I don't know it just seems
4: trash can man wouldn't trust a normal looking person
5: but he does when he meets him in the flesh he, he just knows who that is. assumes it's him uh, he uh, only takes orders it.
3: from grim reapers
5: Okay, if that's, if that's if Who that's if that's on his tombstone, all right. Who has it? He got
4: fiery I'll, I'll eyes. He's, he's, he's fire in a cloak. <laughs> yes. Um. Any other? Characters I was more we scared by the galaxy
5: eyes. Before,
4: <laughs> <laughs> before okay. moving on, Mac, all any right. more inane questions? <laughs>
5: and Mac, I he think that's a legit bullshit bullshit question. He's the only us. one that he shows up to in a disguise for no God, fucking he's reason. He's doubling down. Thank
3: you. <laughs> he's doubling down people there's a deleted uh, scene where no, okay. Skarsgård
0: just appears to Trashcam Man and he goes I don't trust you and he goes how about now Trash and he puts up a hood and he goes ah oh, yes thank you ah, a, there's, there's, no no no
5: there's a, there's a scene there's a scene coming up where Trashcam Man says well you told me to do this in a dream and he goes I never said you in a dream and they show Mother Abigail take the hood off
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> She was. he was sent oh by Abigail he went
3: to the wrong place he's like uh, whoops Oh, I love
5: it. I thought it. this was bolder.
3: Um, let's move on to our next section, which we call Nightmares and Dreamscapes.
1: If you think your dreams are disturbing,
2: <laughs>
1: imagine the nightmares of Stephen King. What are you, some sort of a horror movie guy? No, Clyde, I'm a literary guy.
3: In Nightmares and Dreamscapes, we discuss the things we loved, the dreamscapes, and the things we hated, the nightmares. Um, I can kick it off. Uh, I just This yeah. is a simple line that I absolutely loved, or, or the line delivery. But when uh, Lloyd is in the elevator with Bobby Terry, I thought Lloyd was very funny in this scene, like the way that he was engaging with Bobby Terry. I think having such a flamboyant character next to such like a stoic character was, a, was kind of a fun dynamic. And... Um, And, and of course, Black Betty's playing. So it's just even funnier, but uh, with, but with Lloyd, basically uh, Bobby's talking about the judge and he calls her like a Portland hippie. And uh, basically I think there's this question of like, was she the spy? And, you know, because I shot her in the face, is that going to be bad? Is it going to be a big deal? And so um, uh, Lloyd has that line where he goes, well, let's. He goes, let's hope that's all she was or something like that it's just like his delivery <laughs> yeah, of it yeah. was so like offbeat and funny and it was just like a really good take and it's like the, you know I like this show I wish there was more comedy that I actually thought was funny and so I think just having a little bit of comedy come through there that was um, you know it felt like it was born from a very deliberate choice uh, I think to me was, was a very fun moment so uh, other dreamscapes things you guys liked in this episode
5: well, I've, got, I've got a couple. Yeah, bring them. <clears throat> uh, something I really loved from uh, the book and the original series is that sequence uh, that they show in this one. I thought they were going to leave it out because it was actually a scene with Dana. They didn't have it in the last episode. And I was like, oh, that's a bummer because that's like such a cool little thing is when Flagg talks about how he all he sees is the moon. Mm, yeah. Uh, when he tries to see the third spy. And I always just kind of love that part uh, yeah. that he just he cannot wrap his head around it uh and then <laughs> i liked a little bit in school <laughs> when amber heard's talking to that other teacher that's watching the kids and she's like long as I, I, don't I don't miss any of that stew redmond like, that was, Je- <laughs> was like, that oh. was jen
4: she guest starred in this episode i was
5: like, <laughs> I was like <laughs> he was maybe the uh hunk. maybe someone someone here belongs in vegas <laughs> no i no, thought that I was fun it. it was just like yeah. it was just fun you know a fun yeah. moment um i i genuinely liked I genuinely liked the Franny and the basement stuff even though yeah I was you could say it was a little exposition heavy but i I kind of liked that um realization and then um I just i don't know kind of took the, it did kind of take the stakes away from the bomb but yeah what can you do
3: I really like that scene. I think it was it was yeah. excellent. Yeah, that was one of my favorite Harold scenes, and I'm a big Harold uh, fan, as I've established on this podcast. And yeah, I love that scene. Uh, just I think it was just this outpouring of angst, you know. And I think it's very true. I think the reason I can forgive it being such a monologue, you know, like such a moment, was uh, was the idea that I can buy that, you know, as a teenager, he has been imagining giving this speech for you know, months and months and months since this all started as his frustration is mounted. And so, uh, yeah, but I thought Owen Teague acted the hell out of it. And I really bought it. And I bought her reactions to it, even though, um, you know, as Mel and I discussed earlier, I think that there's, you know, POV wise, I'm unsure about some of the the lines, but and the sentiments. But overall, though, I thought it was a really fiery scene. Uh, Dan, something Mm -hmm. you enjoyed this episode that we haven't discussed yet.
0: I mean, yeah, my MVP moment was that scene with Harold and Fran. I just thought, I thought it was a really nice addition and I, thought it was excellently acted um i i know we felt like the judge didn't get a proper send-off i did like that we got that scene in the hotel with seeing the crow outside mm-hmm. the window just because that's such an yeah. eerie creepy scene in the book i'm glad we we got that maybe maybe i'll do a little fan edit and do that stitched up with <laughs> ozzy uh
1: <laughs> Ozzie davis getting
0: ozzy davis, right? Ozzie davis yeah. getting killed um <laughs> yeah. by john landis and you Sam bastard Ryan. yeah <laughs> although that scene's not that that's one of the lesser scenes in the old. I know
3: it's not very good. Um,
0: This (laughs) this is a, just honing in on a little more specific detail. I've actually, I don't know how y'all felt about the music choices in the credits. I've, I don't like all the music choices in the stand. I do like most of the ones that are playing over the credits. And I, I, I like how every credit sequence we see a different character space. You know, we see like Harold's journal, we see mother Abigail's piano. I thought it was really nice that the, piano was shattered in this after the bomb that we see the keys everywhere i thought that was like a nice touch at the end of the credits Mm -hmm. and i i know it's maybe an on the nose choice of oh let's juxtapose something horrible with something really cheery and play lou reed's perfect day (laughs) but i but i I know it's and i know it's like an overused song in general just it's a very famous song but i don't know it, it worked for me i really liked the fade from the explosion into that so and and just and once again not invested so much in nick andros i did like how the explosion was shot how it was this very visceral thing that became almost dreamlike um that worked for me a lot so hey yeah i i found a lot to love in this episode <laughs> i say uh
3: mel anything else that stands out for you as a as a good moment a moment that you enjoyed
4: just another shout out to the scars guard scene i was just didn't think mm. that he would ever win me over. And so I was very pleasantly surprised. Um, The whole thing, like I didn't really think there was too much slow-mo. I really liked liked all of the elements of it. And I will Mm -hmm. also give a shout out to the Fight Club-esque romantic perverted moment of Nadine and Harold holding hands in the amphitheater, both of them handling the detonator as they see Mm -hmm. the explosion happen in the distance. There's just like something lovely and fucked up. In yeah.
5: that moment, yeah, I, I like that too. Actually,
3: Mac, thoughts on the needle drops? We got Black Betty, and we got Perfect Day. You know,
5: day. it was more the Black Betty thing. I was just like, oh, "Come on!" This like, reminds me of really Suicide Squad.
4: This? It's like every song. Like, that you suicide possibly. Squad.
5: We got bl- we, uh, in Blow. uh You know, it's just all those like moments. You know, I, and then. I honestly it's funny cuz at the very end when Perfect Day came on I I really didn't mind that that one so much and so I was like all right well yeah. I guess I can't, I can't pick or choose so I hated it <laughs> yeah
3: there's like the no, needle I, drops I, I was are okay kind of so the needle drops are so broad and kind of predictable on their show but I've mostly enjoyed them not all of them but uh, I think I'm a sucker sometimes for you know even if it's the easy choice uh, I think Black Betty for me works just because it's so pitched to the same it's like trash can man it's pitched to the same uh, you <laughs> yeah, know place as very... Vegas and that same over the top to yeah like leather pants kind of kind of uh, world that they've built there <laughs> it's very funny to me um so let's talk about some nightmares maybe some things we didn't enjoy as much uh i think for me um uh the i think like i was i'm personally disappointed in the rat woman just kind of being i was ex- excited about that character because i know that actress she's good i've seen her in other things and like yeah. i was excited for something like kind of a, a a new textural uh kind of character to emerge from there and instead i just found kind of another debaucherous brat and i did not enjoy that so uh other nightmares (laughs) specific (laughs) and also of course i'm measuring it against rick avilas uh his great performance in the 94 miniseries so uh, i don't know if anyone could live up to that but things that very specific things that maybe you didn't enjoy that uh maybe rang hollow for you uh mac what do you what do you say
5: i don't know we've kind of been talking about this whole the whole episode but i didn't like. i don't like the use of flashbacks now. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah, I'm. I don't know. I'm kind of torn on Trashcan Man in general. I really don't. I just don't. It just didn't land for me. And I was really trying to think. Okay, well, like, am I really just partial to the way it was played in the miniseries originally? No. I mean, it, they're both frenetic and crazy. I just this was so unhinged. It was hard to. It was just hard to even find anything there to get behind. I, I don't know. Even as a a bad guy, like it's extreme. It just it just put me off. I was just like get it was like a cry, a screaming baby. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I don't want to be in this scene anymore. Like, what's the, I mean, like next scene. Matt Frewer in
0: the original does. Yeah, he, he's on hinge, but he elicits sympathy. You kind of feel bad for him right off the bat. Yeah, and he's, he's kind of pathetic. Yeah, I think maybe because there's a less of it. You know, he was, he was, a lot, I think a lot older than Ezra Miller and he looks kind of like a dad. So you just feel, he just looks more down. Like Ezra Miller, even also... burned mangled Ezra Miller. He's, you know, and because he's hip and stuff, he's got like the. I feel like he's like a sex factor a little bit, you know, like sex appeal, which I'm, I, mean, also, I, yeah, it, I don't know.
5: it also doesn't really make sense for that character to be like how you guys are saying, like cognizant in, in the hotel when he's like being belligerent and hitting like waitresses things. And you're like, this is a guy that's supposed to have been picked on his entire life and like put in this situation that he's in now. Well, now but he's, he's, he's power, so, so like
3: he's, he's uh, beating up other people.
4: No, we don't know anything didn't, didn't about this character.
5: <laughs> like, See, I am going to keep know, projecting
3: yeah. so it's not ableist. That's my <laughs> Episode whole Episode nine is going to be
5: a bottleneck all about trash. <laughs>
4: Mel, um, nightmares for you. What? What? What is going to haunt your dreams? I mean, I just, I I laughed out. I guffawed when Joe said that line. Mostly because <laughs> I think that it's so on the nose in a way the show doesn't intend because I just hate how they're, doing nadine like i she just exemplifies everything that's wrong with the show to me and that she yeah. only performs to the necessities of the plot and never to the realities of being a person and so yep. even in the recap to this episode they they went back to her going to Harold and being like um she just says she's so full of vitriol when she's like, well, don't you want to kill all these like happy go luck? And it's just right. like, Jesus, like where is like, where this is coming, coming from? from? Like, yeah, and she has exactly. no foundation. So like, I could believe it if there was something other than like, she thinks flag is sexy. Like I just, we don't get the degree of control he has. Like, and so when he says mommy Nathan, and 18 and 18 are to two different people, I'm like, yeah, it shouldn't be that way. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: Yeah, I think that 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 almost makes me appreciate the arc in the uh, 94 miniseries a little more with Nadine, which I also don't think is particularly well done. But I think um, at least it has kind of made her a little more vitriolic and a little more, um, I don't know, dark and 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 angry uh, earlier on with that character. I think they almost tried to humanize Nadine too much in this series, considering the bandwidth of what they had. I mean, I think the character deserves humanity, but I think it's a really hard arc to show uh really well and I think since they put all their kind of eggs in the Harold and Franny basket there just really wasn't the space to unfold it yeah. and they also didn't didn't cast a very good actor so I'll also um, say that I'm getting a
4: little sick of the very specific device of being like we're going up to the penthouse in this <laughs> elevator <laughs> we don't have time to humanize any of our characters but we'll make sure you know that Randall Flagg inhabits ph 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 ph
5: um i I love that scene that's very simple like one line scene in the miniseries where where harold says to nadine we're damned yeah it's a great moment it's just like they have that just like one moment where they both are very cognizant that they're not a like really aren't in control like flag has them under his thumb and there's no turning back and you just don't really get that here now i did like them both pushing the bomb Cause I didn't necessarily, cause like the way they've been building Harold, I didn't know if he would just be able to do it on his own, especially having just confronted Franny and stuff. But, uh, and I also, I thought that was a better choice for Nadine cause now they're both kind of in this a hundred percent. Um, and, and she's been so evil this whole time. It seemed weird to not have her be involved in the pushing of the button. Um, well,
3: it is interesting to consider the damned line. I think that, I think, the big difference between I think by having Harold say that it's honestly not the right choice because uh, I think Nadine is the one who is aware that they're damned. Harold yeah, believes that he yeah. is doing, he is like, he doesn't think about being damned because he doesn't see himself as subservient to Randall Flagg. He sees Randall flag right. as a stepping stone to his own, you know, sort of um, I don't know, apotheosis or whatever. And so I mm-hmm. think that he, I think that Harold, um, you know, wouldn't believe that. Whereas Nadine, I think that's sort of what drives her in the book to embrace her connection to Randall Flag and also the destruction of Boulder, which is just the idea that she's like, well, I'm damned. Like, this is my, this is my arc. This is my uh, fate. So, um, whereas Harold doesn't learn that until a lot later. Um, yeah. Um, any other nightmares, things that you hated in this episode, or shall we move on to a little scary place called the cemetery?
0: I, I, uh, I mean, and I know, I know, last episode is the one that talked about it. Yeah, I just the the hotel lobby in Vegas or the casino, just being. I think too because we see, actually see it quite a few times between the last two, mm-hmm. and the fact that every time someone walks in, I could be like, well, maybe they'll be doing something different this time. <laughs> Maybe they'll be taking a nap because they've been up no. all night doing this—the orgy <laughs> and shifts. Like, like I don't know. When you see Jabba the Hutt's palace in *Return of the Jedi*, yeah, when you first see it, everyone's cavorting and singing songs and being <laughs> debaucherous. But then, you know, and when, when Princess Leia gets there, everyone's asleep <laughs> because he needs. He needs
5: and so, and, what if everybody was like just banging it out in God? <laughs> yeah, you see like, a Gamorrean. I mean, guard, that's what fucking... they were
4: doing. They just couldn't show that.
5: Yeah,
0: you, like you see, like Salacious Crumb just crawling up the Gamorrean guard's ass, and the Twilight <laughs> like, oh. Fortune is just taking his tentacle and fucking. But everyone. I mean, especially
4: Dan, what we talk about. last, We talk about the sex. <laughs> In general but we also talk about how they they seem to make a point to be like also the sex is queer which is yeah, y'all- so like,
0: y'all <laughs> oh god and i'm i am admittedly so not probably as sensitive as i could be to that kind of thing normally right like i don't always pick up on on that when i want even i was like oh, <laughs>
3: like where the- yeah <laughs> you can't really
0: I guess it's like, like yeah man
3: and not man, only is it is just yeah. not is it not only is it fucking and queer, but it's also like BDSM,
0: right? Totally. It's like also right. like yes. Deviant, yeah. like they're deviant. If you enjoy and so, any of these
5: things, you're you're obviously going to hell, and you're a horrible person. It's yeah, just so just really I know. And like to me. that
3: line in the last episode when he's like, "They told you you couldn't like violence. They told you you couldn't like sex." And I'm like, "Who said we couldn't like sex?" <laughs> yeah,
0: it's so weird, and you know, um, it's this. So yeah. And I think too, I mean, it's like we we're saying before Trashcan Man, I kept hoping every time we see the Vegas lobby because once again we see it several times that maybe they would be showing some. Else, or a different kind of sex, or just some kind of tonal variation. It'd be funny if it was
4: just one couple left. They're always there. They're <laughs> I still would going the, horn, at the horniest it. ones yeah. of all. I,
0: I wanted to be like a corn-fed. Flanneled couple who's having just very wholesome missionary
5: orientation day. Showed that heteronormativity can also be evil. Um, But yeah, it's like I I
3: told everybody to go home, but these two are just so horny.
5: (laughs) (laughs) The flannel people? We get it.
0: We're all
4: very impressed. (laughs) I
0: I think that I just just think that I kept one because once we even talked about this before we saw the screeners. Oh, I'm really excited to see what they do with Vegas. We haven't really gotten a good Vegas yet. (laughs) Fucking. <laughs> and yeah, just sucking and fucking, and, sucking and and fucking, and the fact that, and because they were prolonging it, I mean, we don't really see it till the, <laughs> I guess the fifth episode. I was like, all right, man, I'm really ready for this. And then it was just the worst stereotypes of it. So yeah, the fact, and I feel like this episode actually doubled down on that quite a bit. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, that was just kind of a bummer to me. And it's a lot of the choices on the stand. It, you know, I didn't love that Larry went through the sewers instead of the Lincoln Tunnel. But I'm at least like, well, okay, I, I can either. see why they wanted mm-hmm. to try something different. With Vegas though, I'm just like, uh, this yeah. just this is a choice. I just can't even get behind the even the thinking behind it. Um so yeah, that that
5: was this that's is where convenient. you wanna go very different. Yeah. <laughs> and they yeah. just didn't,
0: you
3: know. Uh speaking of scary things, let's pop on over to the cemetery.
2: What's the bottom of the truth? Well, sometimes. That is better. The person you put up there ain't the person that comes back. It may look like that person, but it ain't that person. Because whatever lives in the ground beyond that cemetery ain't human at all.
3: Welcome to the cemetery. This is where we talk about the things that uh, spooked us. And I probably don't have a lot in this one. I mean, not a particularly scary episode of television. I'd say maybe the most uh, visceral I maybe responded in a horror sense was was the Bobby Terry murder. I liked uh, the look, even though it looked really fake, but his mangled body when it fell out of the elevator I thought was just fun. Um, I like the growl uh, that
4: they do for Flag and you don't know where where, where he's going to show up and then he's right. At the base of the door. I have that in my
3: notes too. Yeah, I like the the wolf growl that we hear mm-hmm. that yeah, sort of signals the, his arrival. The
0: cockroach lady. I thought that was kind of freaky and like roach a cockroach. A Kafka nightmare the, the yeah. on Elm Street. Vision. I, no, wait, was Four? Who, what, yeah, four. Right. It's five. No, it's five. five is the Some, cockroach. Someone the fuck a roach, 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 roach in Motel. there.
5: Cockroach. Yeah. yeah,
0: Papa roach. <laughs> <laughs> Papa Roach <this>, <laughs> needs to open a hotel. Now that the apocalypse has happened. Roach needs to take over a hotel in Vegas called the Last
4: Resort. Fuck my life into pieces, man. No, <laughs> no, no.
5: <laughs> I'm gonna get I'm gonna get I'm gonna get chastised for I believe that you're right. I think it is four. Five it's is four, the right? feeding five is the feeding is the the, yeah, man, yeah, which herself. is is awesome. Oh, good. I thought it was five. Uh yeah. I, I would say um another thing that I thought was good was Tom. Going, mm. going into the bodies. I thought that was kind oh, of. Oh, that's
4: creepy. scary. Yeah. That's gross. Yeah.
5: Yeah. That was, that was, and that was a cool way of getting him out of town other than just like riding your bicycle out of town and not trying not to be seen in the desert. You know, right. I think that that's a smarter way of getting him out and getting him closer to his destination faster. Yeah. Oh, the judge in the hotel the was a little
0: freaky to me. Like more just ominous and eerie, but I, I thought that was so, you know.
3: Yeah. It's a great scene that I'm yeah. glad that they tried to do. I just wish that just give it like. <laughs> Two, three more minutes, like just another scene, you know? Would have been nice, but. This um, is like,
4: that's a very good summation of my feelings. It's a scene that I'm glad that they tried to do. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mel, any spooky moments for you? No, I just like the growl and. Yeah. I mean, I knew that Harold was going to intercept Franny in that basement because they did that thing again. They always do this where they're like, let's let you guys off an hour early unexpectedly. What (laughs) consequence will this have to other characters in the different places? I don't know. Let's find out. Right. I think I was supposed to be more scared than I was, but it's still kind of like, I don't know what he's going to do to her. Yeah. Um, so there was a moment. Yeah, I mean, that. they. I think
3: that they're. I think that they are veering sort of in an unexpected. I'm expecting sort of the unexpected with, uh, with Harold. I'm not expecting it to play out exactly as they as it did in the book because it. There is a lot more being invested into that arc. So interesting stuff. Uh, let's mm-hmm. move on to a little section we call King's Dominion.
4: There's another world out there. I know there is.
3: king's dominion we talk about the connection uh that this has whatever it is we're discussing to the greater world of stephen king i have one uh dan you hinted at having one i would love to hear it
0: yeah well i mean to actually to be honest i didn't think of it till mac uh brought up his quibble with flag wearing a robe but if we do know the dark tower series um I mean, or eyes of the dragon even we know that randall flag started off as a sorcerer right not start off but at one point he was a sorcerer yeah. in a very more medieval type of environment um both in Midworld world and where, I don't, where's eyes of the dragon take place i can't remember it's not in, oh i don't remember right. is it Midworld also it. yeah so either way like we we see him as a much tr- more traditional sorcerer who has robes and everything like that so when Mac brought that up, I'm like, oh, maybe that is more a, l- a little allusion to one of Flag's
5: previous incarnations. I like it. I, yeah. Yeah, I would love to believe that's that's true. That's a good read. Um, you know, so Mac, I'll go with it. Mac's yeah. like, no, it's Mother Abigail. It's no, Mother, no, Mother Abigail. <laughs> <I>. That makes <laughs> makes more sense. Make, I mean, that makes some sense rather than just like randomly doing that six episodes in for no reason. Um,
3: um uh any other King's Dominion? I have one. Well but the shining floor is back. I
4: only have shining we, floor is back. I think the whole uh there's a lot of shining gestures in this when he's running in slow-mo after Bobby mm. Terry bloody down the hotel, elevator, to the elevator yeah. Bloody elevator.
0: Um, that shining carpet's gonna be. And real nasty when she
4: discovers too. his yeah. manuscript, when Franny discovers Harold's manuscript and is like frantically flipping through it, and even the shots yeah, look a little bit like uh Wendy discovering Jack's manuscript.
3: Well, there was another bit of King's Dominion baked into that manuscript. Do you know what it was? I I think you're going to tell me. (laughs) I think I'm going to tell you. Well, it's not really. This is more... um this is more like outside the actual narrative but just King style but Harold signs his book at the end the same way that King does which I is know. his full name and then uh, uh, the year or like the time in which he wrote it so um, oh, it's, so it says yeah just the same way that King always puts in the last pages of his books like how long he worked on it uh, the same thing as in uh, Harold's yeah. makes it's so I funny that neat. they
4: throw these easter eggs in like with no thought to context like how he does the same thing on the nail with his rejection letters <laughs> it's like yeah, Stephen King this we're not going to give any thought to the fact that this character sucks and is an (laughs) incel Like, well i'll say
3: that king like when i spoke to the showrunner he when i told him that you know i asked him about harold and everything he goes well i've always thought harold is sort of the secret protagonist of the book and you know he's like because he's a writer and king loves to make writer protagonists and you know and they're very similar they're kind of the characters that are most similar to him so i think they did sort of look at harold through that lens which is that Harold is probably the most personal character, the character that perhaps mm-hmm. Stephen King relates with the most. And so I think maybe that's where they're going. But uh, yeah, not not the biggest vote of confidence in, in
4: Stephen King. but, um, but And people will that put that shining one. floor pattern anywhere. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah,
0: it, it actually has become kind of pesky. I have another one. That, the <laughs> yeah. pattern, I think it's unlike the agree. Alamo Draft House, you know.
5: Mm-hmm. Did everybody catch the mailbox? No. The mailbox that's on fire in the beginning that uh, Trash Game Man's either seeing in a dream, I think, or... or in a flag uh, vision. It's old, old lady uh, Simples on mailbox, it, right? Cause number, cause, uh... number, number 19's on it. Oh, oh that's
3: fun. I didn't even notice that. I always yeah. look out for 19's, too.
5: What if the mail... I, I was like... I was probably... I was writing something down, you know, I so was typing on my iPad. I just happened to glance up, and I was like, oh, shit, 19. I was like, I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta be better at looking for... Yeah. It. yeah. What um, if the mailbox
0: <laughs> just said, like, the Knocker family? <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Tommy Knocker. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Tom, the first name Tommy I just like Boston like every knocker.
4: every room in the yeah. hotel that the judge is staying at is Tommy. labeled four oh eight.
5: Yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> I, I just if to, the is, mailbox is a,
5: said
3: is, Tom E. Knocker. <laughs>
5: <laughs> wow. Did anybody there was a does November 11th hold any kind of... It's my sister's birthday. Stuff?
4: Um, I don't think so. 11th,
5: no, November 22nd. That was I mean, the date the judge marked off on the calendar. I was like, oh. Oh, yeah, was I thought I looked at that too. They, there was, was kind of was a wondering. focus on that, yeah. Getting yeah. Some numerology. i though, y'all. Uh, any
3: others before we move on to our final thoughts on this episode? Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to our final thoughts. Dad, can we go now?
5: You ready?
4: Yeah, we've been ready for an hour.
5: okay i'll be right there
4: he said that a half hour ago yeah my dad's weird he gets like that when
3: he's writing hey let's give a bright red pennywise clown known rank clown nose ranking to the vigil episode six of cbs all access is the stand by josh boone and benjamin cavell uh how's that for a setup um dan why don't you give us your bright red pennywise clown nose rating
0: sure and so,
4: MVP or are we not doing that anymore Oh yeah MVP do MVP Oh
0: MVP MVP oh MVP just like my my prefer, my favorite uh
4: Yeah who is your the character
3: that
2: knocked cool. it out of the park
0: for you Does everyone just say Harold every time <laughs> No actually, <laughs> I, do I really do like Literally, a lot Literally pretty much uh, No no <laughs> yeah. I said Teddy Wisek whenever yeah, I do I nice. I actually really do like a lot of the acting and a lot of the characters on the show And so I mentioned before how for the most part Vegas accepted I I do even the changes I don't agree with on this show. I I do enjoy them. I enjoy them trying to mix it up a little bit. I like I even the non-linear narrative, which I do think takes away a little bit from how much we get invested in these characters. I totally understand why they did it and I appreciate that. So I I still do think there's for me personally, there's lots to love in the show. At this point, it does kind of fluctuate between Oh, cool! I love this character and this storyline. This one not so much. So it does have a little bit of a whiplash effect for me. Just all the episodes are like that. Like I, like I love Harold. Don't love his scenes with Nadine just because I don't think they handled that great. Yeah. Um. I don't love Vegas, but I really do like uh. You know, Tom Collin. Like it, it. really. I feel like it gets very compartmentalized when talking about the show for me. Like like really looking forward to this part, not so much this part. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to meet the show on its own terms in that regard and just. Yeah. Just expect that. Okay. Vegas ain't going to get better next episode. <laughs> so just to try not to let that infect your enjoyment of it too much. And in this, for me, the strong points that we went over already was I actually liked the explosion the lead up to it. I enjoyed a lot of the individual sequences. I continue to love Tom Cullen so, and ah, you know, it's the first episode I've been on. So I don't, I don't want to like go too far on trashing it. So for me, I will give it, you know, I'm a generous grader. I will give it three out of five white, wed Pennywise clown noses.
4: <laughs> Max nice. shaking his head. <laughs> not a
0: lot
5: of not a lot of room to move up. But.
3: uh Mac, give us hit us with your noses.
5: Um, and your MVP. I really didn't like I really who's your MVP like Dan
0: episode, but my MVP. Oh yeah, right. um, oh man. I mean, it's weird. I want to say Harold because I haven't been on the show yet. You can say I,
4: Harold. Say Harold. Like, well...
5: No,
0: no, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with. It. And I know there has been a lot of debate around casting a non-differently abled person in this role that being said i think he does a great job i think like it's a very sensitive portrayal of him i like that we got to see more of it i would say tom cullen brad brad henke right? yeah brad yeah. henke yeah. I, I i think that could have gone so badly <laughs> you know that role i think they, I, they could have just really mistreated it and made it offensive and every and just not honoring that character, and I actually think it's an improvement upon the character. So I'll, I'll go ahead and go with him because we could see a bit of him in this episode, and I I was just really pleasantly surprised when he first graced the screen. I didn't even know what he looked like. I hadn't seen pictures of Tom Cullen. I didn't know how he was going to come off. So I will go with him.
3: Nice, Mac. Uh,
5: my MVP is Harold.
3: Nice. And your clown and nose no. rating. <laughs>
5: now my clown nose rating i'm gonna give this i really didn't like the last episode i probably would have given that like a a one i'm gonna give this a two i still think it's interesting there were there were certain moments i thought that worked that punched but again it's it's like always bookended by a bunch of stuff that i didn't like so yeah i'm still wildly wildly interested in in what's gonna happen in the next few episodes i'm very excited to watch it's been a fun watch but uh i can't i can't give it any more you can't give
3: it more in good conscience uh mel how many bright red pennywise clown noses are you giving the vigil and who was your
4: mvp i'll give the Vigil. um well i gave the last episode one nose and i feel like i enjoyed this one a bit more but i still think the show is on balance a disappointment and i can't I said this last time. Like I it is really hard for me to overlook and excuse the things that it gets so damnably wrong that I yeah, <laughs> I will go up a point five. I'll give one point five right red right, many wise clown noses. And uh Mac, your mouth is open, but like think of the books we've rated. Like I mean compared no, to like kidding. reading a book that we enjoy.
5: No, no, I'm kidding. Um
4: <laughs> anyway. My MVP is is mm. I never expected to give it to him, but Alexander Skarsgård, um, I just think that Hell scene yeah. was such a standout moment for me, nah. and it, again, is my favorite scene I've seen so far in six episodes of CBS All Accesses The Stand. Um, Hell yeah. That's uh, that's it for me.
3: <laughs> that's good. Um, I'm going to give this... I'm going to be like Dan, I'm going to be a little generous, I'm going to give it three bright red Pennywise clown noses. I, I liked it enough, I think, that um, I, I enjoyed the Bobby Terry scene quite a bit. I enjoyed the Herald scene quite a bit. Those were some high points for me throughout this series, so I'm gonna give it credit for that, even though I think it kinda of falters elsewhere and sort of and in sort of the, the grand fabric of I think its construction. But um yeah, as for MVP, that is a good question. I I mean I Trashy. think I gotta go Yeah, I think no! I'm gonna go with Crash. <laughs> <laughs> How would you do that? Because, hey, first impressions uh, uh, speak quite a bit. And I'm, I'm uh, intrigued do. enough to see. And I'm also giving this character the most charitable read of everyone. Oh, and so God. I am going to choose to view this character through my own lens. And by doing so, he has become my MVP. Ezra Miller, you did it again, my friend. This is going to haunt you. Not this since is going fantastic
5: to Go
4: back and bite you in the ass so hard.
3: I am I am fully prepared for that. And I embrace it. Uh, this was fun good discussion of The Vigil or The Vigil uh, the alternate uh, title for the episode and um, yeah thanks so much for listening uh, let's go through our Twitter handles real quick just in case any of y'all aren't following us Mel where can people follow you
4: you can follow me at, at Mel Castle that's M-E-L-K-A-S-S-E-L nice Mac how about you you know
5: I, I still don't know my, <laughs> my Twitter handle
3: well where can they <laughs> follow you on Instagram because you use Instagram more I'm than I'm
5: new Twitter. you know Oh, it's 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 uh it's at Wolfman underscore Mac underscore Gerber, uh and you can find my my link tree to everything there, um yeah.
3: Nice Caffrey. Where can they find you? uh? They
5: can find me on Twitter
0: and Instagram at at T R A S H Y. Just kidding. <laughs> trashy. Just kidding. <laughs> I wish you
4: had that handle. Uh,
0: trashy. Trashy Dan. <laughs> trashy Caffrey. No, I'm I'm at D W Caffrey. Uh, both Instagram trash and Twitter. Dan. Tra- tra- trash, oh, Dan
4: nice. man. Oh,
0: trash Dan. Trash oh, Dan man. Trash Dan. I mean I. Trash Dan always does the thing where they they change their Twitter name to reflect you know Halloween uh-huh. or Christmas. I know a few people have, have been doing it for the stand. Uh, I should I I may get to get a few more episodes, maybe like mom, but I don't know. <laughs> don't want to align myself with Ezra Miller. He's kind of, he's kind of <laughs> <laughs> anyway. uh, Oh, you Catherine. mean
4: Randall's MVP? <laughs>
3: I'm gonna I'm already regretting it, <laughs> but I can't go back. It's too late. Um, yeah, so like some, feels it.
5: That was so fun. Like give Aquaman five stars.
3: <laughs> Let's do a uh, let's say let's say that we'll see you all next week for the next episode of the stand and we've also got our desperation regulators episode's coming up so gear up for
4: that and No it's got, it looks like game it's going to be a good one the discord discussion on those is uh, popping and well, are, I
0: got to get on I haven't yeah. been on discord yeah. in a couple days I need to pop There's in There's
4: much to say but
3: well, let's do a long days and, and pleasant
5: pleasant pleasant I got some nice. friends
2: nice. I got some hot, friends. God, I got some hot friends. Some hot friends. I got some hot friends But you know you want somebody to treat you good
0: Consequence Podcast Network.